Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 53. This is our 2018 Blowout Awards Bonanza special tacular episode. <laughs> I am joined today, as always, by Travis. Hello, hello. And Tom. Hello. You boys ready? This is a big one. The moment we've all been waiting for, or at least me. I look forward to it all year. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Excited? I feel I feel pretty good about about how my list turned out. You only see the good movies anyway, so should have been true. easy. We just got to pare down the. Our listeners stuff. should take you know take notes from me. <laughs> this this is how you watch movies. Guys. <laughs> you don't watch 170 movies. You have to sift through the dirt and the garbage. <laughs> you let other people do that for you. That's what reviews are for. <laughs> well, I mean, personal the... recommendations. You can take a personal recommendation here and then. Well, uh, let's start there. Uh, film count for mm. the 2018 releases. Okay, I hit 100 even. Nicely done. I watched uh, The House That Jack Built. That was number 100. So Did I, you force that in? I was curious. I rented it. I don't know. Haley was working, so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to watch this uh, movie about a murder while my girlfriend's gone and uh, see how this goes. Mm. Uh, spoiler, did not go well. Movie sucks. <laughs> that movie will probably not be coming up again <laughs> in the later half of the podcast. So I hit, I'm going to say 175. Get the fuck out of here. 175 Got a few uh, unlogged watches that may or may not play a factor today. I think I have some surprises. surprises. Yeah, because I crammed between January 1st when we last recorded and now I watched. Oh, you were a machine. I watched, I I think, 20 or 20. Very impressed by Matt's efforts into cramming some last minute watches oh yeah i crammed big time i was cramming even up till this morning had about 20 minutes left of a movie <laughs> that i started last night oh my god <laughs> did not make the list though what about you tom what's the official count 46 so a normal person yeah, yeah. well above normal actually way above normal <laughs> yes but <laughs> these are movies that came out in 2018 or i i counted a couple of 2017 so we talked about already yeah, yeah how yeah. many movies do you think a normal person sees in a year like a, as far as like year releases go, four normal, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, probably like, well, how many Marvel movies are there a year? Probably three. Like, yeah, so about, those three. Okay, and then you got your fucking Mary Poppins, your Star Bohemian Wars, your Bohemian Rhapsodies. So, I'm gonna say probably five or six, like the average person. Average like movie. one every two months. Yeah, probably generally. <laughs> but then, then like the average like yeah, I like movies. We go to the movies a lot. Probably what like twenty. Yeah, you know, I mean that's more than one a month. Yeah. We're so just, where does that put me? We're just crazy people. <laughs> well, I mean, with with uh, streaming now, there's the Netflix releases, there's the Amazon originals, you know. So maybe that number is a little bit higher because people watch more stuff at home now, yeah. like movies that don't really like you know your Romas, your. Uh, uh, private lives, your dumplings, that kind of stuff, you know? I can't believe how many movies some critics see, though. Like, we're talking probably over 200, 300. Do they get for paid the for it, though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, some of the biggest, <laughs> like, losers, I think, are, like, freelance journalists. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a guy that I follow on Twitter and Letterboxd, too, I think logged, like, 970 films. Those aren't all 2018 releases, obviously, but. 
that translates to 70 over 76 entire days i think we, we probably talked about this on the last episode if i recall 76 it's, it's a work days. day every day of movies that's all he does yeah that's a lot of fucking movies so yeah. we're not we're not that big of losers but yeah. uh travis is halfway <laughs> i'm close <laughs> if i'm not there already <laughs> so uh, do you but tell my goal is to watch less crap this year yeah i think that's a great goal i'll, I'll just start texting you tom should i go see this <laughs> yes you're like you're i'm like... at the theater i just saw a movie i'm thinking about seeing another one these are my options <laughs> You're like Tom Waits' character in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You're just like spending hours Constantly sifting through searching. trash for that little speck of little speck of gold. It's a good analogy. I, think, I like. Yeah. That. You also need to cut out rewatches because they're just not doing anything. Rewatches for you. are important. No, rewatches did a lot for me this year, but it also made this process like, much more difficult. You, okay. I didn't do too many rewatches. Just like the heavy hitters. I needed to solidify my list, so I rewatched a couple. I guess it's just trash then that you have to get out. I'm trying to think of some easy some easy trash and some you. less some low hanging fruit that you can type throw. Stuff. Some rotten tomatoes that you can throw. You know what I mean? Travis is the garbage. He's the sanitation worker of the podcast. <laughs> we need someone to do the dirty work. I know. When you see someone out there for so long, you can tell that they start to find things that they think are nice because they've been surrounded by trash for so long, but they're actually just more trash. It's like that episode of It's Always Sunny where they're like, <laughs> they become, the yeah, dude, another coat. <laughs> this is the coat that's going to protect my other coat, dummy. <laughs> That's Travis. That's pretty much my top 10, so get ready, boys. <laughs> well, uh, before we do our top 10 list, uh, let's speak more generally. Uh, 2018, as the year, as a whole. I uh, Early on, I had pretty mixed feelings about the year. It seemed like a pretty weak year. There really wasn't much that was jumping out to me. Um, but I revisited a lot of stuff that I missed. A lot of stuff came out in the past couple months. Uh, some people are saying 2018 is like one of the best film years ever. I I don't think so. I think volume wise, there's a lot of really good shit I saw. But yeah. this isn't really a spoiler. But I don't like anything this year as much as I liked Call Me by Your Name last year. You know what I mean? Like, right. There was a ton of incredible stuff, but nothing that is I think going to make my personal top 25 of all time or whatever. You know. I think I also just yeah. had, like in previous years, I had a couple of movies that that I really championed, even though maybe they weren't like top of my list, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, just movies I felt special about, even though they weren't necessarily what I considered the best of the year. I think every year is a great year for movies. There's always good <laughs> stuff. There is, yeah. Uh, I usually find that there's like three movies that I love from a year, and then there's a lot of really good stuff. And then, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it kind of plays out the same every year. Yeah. To a degree. For the most part. Um, themes for the year. I would say... Class. Class? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Lots of movies about <laughs> class. But nice. also about... Identity. Op oppressed peoples a lot of films about like the black experience L like all over the board i mean we have black Klansmen, which is very different from blind spotting which is very different from sorry to bother you which is very different from i mean even widows gets into some of that stuff yeah. you know have you guys noticed this um superhero trend 
specifically it's been a lot of superhero movies the last couple of years actually <laughs> last like 10 years <laughs> ever since fucking iron man um yeah it was it was a pretty decent year for superhero movies i mean again the narrative last couple superhero movies. last two years have been like making me think that superhero movies are worth watching i would pick 2017 superhero movies over 2018 superhero movies i didn't give a superhero movie five stars this year except uh into the spider verse Mm -hmm. but that's not i mean really we're talking marvel cinematic universe right here right i mean 2017 there was well i mean i would talk about dc if they made anything good well i I mean mean, you didn't see aquaman oh i liked wonder woman a lot so (laughs) that was 2017 but i mean so if we look at 2017 we had spider-man homecoming and thor ragnarok which Travis didn't like Thor Ragnarok, but Boo. those are two of the heavy hitters. This year, I'll rewatch it, Tom. <laughs> we have Black Panther, which is one of the highest grossing films of all time. Highest of the year, right? Yeah, it made like seven hundred million domestically. Jesus. Remarkably forgettable. Black Panther. When I look back and is I that see coming my... out of your mouth? Yes. You were the one who. When was I like... look back and I see my four and a half star rating, I'm like, man, I must have really liked that. <laughs> see, I feel this. I I <laughs> gave it a four, it. but I really don't like that movie. Hasn't stuck the same way that it did for a lot of people. Yeah, I will say. I feel like an asshole for saying it, but I do feel like it's one of the more overrated movies of the year. I would agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Avengers: Infinity War, another big one, quite good, daring. Some would say, but mm, not in the world that we live in today. Not daring. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's pretty ballsy. What they did, sure, they're probably just going to reverse it. Yeah, but the way they handled the lead up to it, they tried to play down the fact that there was a part two coming out. I mean, it's 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 called Endgame. It's not called Infinity War Part Two. You know, they tried, but ultimately, we know what's where it's going to go. Yeah. That's fair. But I mean, if too, you think too much about, money in those characters. go back to sitting <laughs> in that theater when that moment happened. I don't know about you guys, but it was the theater. There were audible gasps. There were tears streaming down people's face. Like that was a pretty impactful moment. Insanity. <laughs> Tom, you probably saw it at AMC 10 with a bunch of like 60 year olds. No, I saw it. Remember, this is one of my worst theater experiences because I had to kick those girls out of my seat. Yes. Okay. You don't look handicapped or whatever they said, right? No, they said, so they were sitting in handicapped seats, and then they told me to sit in the seats next to them, and I was like, okay, whatever, I don't care. And then people came for those, and then I went back to the girls, and I was like, okay, yeah, so these are my seats, and the other people came for theirs. Yes. And then they were like, oh, those are handicapped seats. Like, they should not have been able to buy those. I also bought them, because if you're coming in, like, at the very end, they're like, oh, yeah, the movie's about to start. You can go buy those seats or whatever. And they were not handicapped. And they were in handicapped seats. Yes. And it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yes. They were definitely stoned or something. And they were just so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good lead in to uh, kind of the first discussion points. Best uh, or favorite theater experience of the year. I know Travis has one in particular. Movie? Yeah. Or yeah. just theater. Well, like a movie, like a, a specific movie... You know, the best time sure. you had, at the, not necessarily the best movie, obviously, but mm. like last year for me and Travis, it was it was Get Out. Or was that 2016? Uh, that was last that's year. 20, was, no, that was 2016. No, it was last year. It was last for year? For sure. Yes. No. Well, <laughs> it came anyway. out early last year, though, like March or February. Yeah. Okay. It was February. Well, <laughs> Travis, you can go first on this one because I'm still kind of thinking about I don't what know mine if- is. I feel like Dunkirk would have been my theater experience of last year, not Get Out. You're probably right. 
<laughs> uh, best theater experience for this year might have to be Aquaman. Saw that oh IMAX God. 3D. Uh, didn't really have any expectations, and my mind was blown. Mostly from a visual standpoint. Can't recommend it enough. Um, but yeah, that movie was just a lot of fun. I think a couple other ones um, that would get a mention would be... Let's see. Oh, Widows. I was glued to the screen. It was just a great time. <laughs> and uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I feel like that was one you had to see on the big screen. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I saw that one in 3D by accident. Oh, it was in 3D? I didn't even realize. Well, Probably maybe was. not the one you were at. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> not the one I saw. <laughs> Um, I will say, I don't know if this is my number one, but Hereditary was a big one. Because you, yeah. you were in that theater with, with <laughs> me right, here, right behind you. <laughs> the, that was a, you could hear a pin drop a lot of the time. Yeah, in that, that was theater. a really good one. And there was that part where the uh, Tony Klutz character is like on the wall in the background. And that girl, she sounded like she was going to die. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she screamed when she moved. Like oh, That scene God. was cool because... A lot of people reacted at different moments. Yeah, when they saw <laughs> what was in the background. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was such a long moment that people were, it made people uncomfortable. So I think a lot of it was just like, they were anxious and tense. So they were just letting out like laughs or whatever yeah. it was. You know, everybody kind of had a tolerance for that scene. Some people were like, oh no, fuck this from the first moment. Some people were just like attention wrapped, you know? Yeah. That was pretty cool. There's um, another scene in that movie that got a huge reaction as well. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, there's there's two actually. I I don't know. Are you are you talking about the, the big beheading? Yes. Like, there's also the other kind of beheading towards the end. Oh yeah, that also got a reaction in, in my theater. Um, I'll say I'll throw First Man out there. Seeing that in IMAX was pretty incredible. Um, and Roma at Cinerama that was something special. Oh yeah, that was good. I think I would nominate Stars Born. Saw that with Sarah. Beautiful. We cried together. It was great. <laughs> Inspiration for your Halloween costumes this year. That's right. Um and probably Annihilation. Cuz you saw it with all of us. Yeah, and the end is just like so wild, but I I don't remember the audience being distracted even though there's potential like if you're not bought into the movie at that point then i could imagine people stirring in their seats a little bit oh yeah yeah totally. um and the last I don't, it was just wild it wasn't anything like what i was expecting so that moment is wild i will give you that i mean the whole last like 25 minutes is pretty wild yeah <clears throat> pretty great pretty yep. great <laughs> yep 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 <laughs> Okay, what's uh you got a list over there, Travis? What's uh, another um pre-list category we wanted to go over? I don't know if we have any more pre-list ones. Is that it? I think we should do the rest of them afterwards, don't you? Yeah, if we didn't have any other like general ones cuz we don't want to spoil anything with these, you know, categories or awards or whatever we want to call them. So, okay. Well, are you guys ready to get into our list? No, but I have to be. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Travis still hasn't locked in his 10. Are you, st are you still as we speak? Uh, I'm pretty much locked in, but well, I, yeah, I guess I have to be at this point. Well, Tom, are you going first this year? Is that what we decided? Yes. 
Okay. Going first. What's your number 10? My number 10 movie of the year is Annihilation. Mm. Oh, Only number 10, huh? Only number 10. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, if the writing had been better, probably be way higher. But uh, the premise is interesting. Uh, interesting enough to hold a movie. And the visuals were appealing to me. Maybe not to everybody. I think to everybody here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bear <laughs> is worth a half star, maybe a full star all by itself. That's, that's a contender for scene of the year for me. Yeah. I think also what I like about the movie is that it gets me a little bit of like suspense and thriller and, you know, just kind of like the chills down your spine. But it also gives me like... Like the head high. Like, like sci-fi. The, yeah. Or mm-hmm. yeah. And the head high stuff at the end, the acid trip stuff at the end. Um, it really just doesn't pull any punches. I just think that the flashbacks and the, some of the, well, the confusion kind of adds to the plot, but I I just don't think it was strong in every area. Sure. Yeah. But, um, really liked it. And, uh, that's the same dude, right? Uh, Garland. Alex Garland. Yeah. I mean, just keep them coming, dude. Like, oh yeah. I want to see it all. I think his next project is a TV show. I think it's, I think it's a kid's television show that he's doing with his wife i think she's writing it and he's directing it i think that might be his next project hmm. yeah i want more like fucked up sci-fi from this guy because yeah. he's, he's the king but <laughs> um great pick tom so i will Gee, say thanks, uh so I, re- I read the book after i saw the movie uh-huh. and they're very different and that kind of makes me appreciate the movie even more we may have talked about this when we reviewed annihilation but that was almost a year ago at this point because that was a february release um alex garland when he wrote the screenplay for annihilation he read the book once didn't take any notes and then wrote the screenplay just basically based on his memory and his interpretation Mm. of the themes of the book so it's it's very different from the book in a lot of ways um and i thought I, i did some really neat things in hindsight having read the book it uh, kind of distinguishes itself in some really cool ways. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was one that I rewatched and did not log and was going to put in my top 10, but um kind of glad I didn't now because I know it's at least on it one of its, our lists. It got on the shrine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the ending of that movie is insanity. I think yeah. the thing that left it off the list for me is that there's a couple of lulls in my opinion and I just kind of wish it was maybe a little bit more flushed out or less confusing. Some of the other <laughs> characters in the movie, you know, they drop off one by one and every time somebody drops off, there has to be kind of a thing about it, you know, and it just doesn't work for a couple of them. Like the either the performances aren't strong enough or the writing is stupid. Like whatever the fuck happened with Tessa Thompson's character was like so bizarre. You know, you just really couldn't grab onto it at that point of the movie. I, I on a rewatch, I like that moment a lot more. I remember you saying that. Um, well, no, I just rewatched it like last night. Really? Yeah. Maybe it was the first time you saw it that you liked it more I, than I did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't hate that moment. I will say though, Gina Rodriguez, she fucking sucks. And she, she does. She's by far the worst part of this movie. Yeah, I also think some of the Jennifer Jason Lee is a little bit iffy. She's always kind of iffy. I love her. <laughs> I love her for some reason, but she's always like, I don't know. There's something about that woman. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah. Okay. If I know anything about my boy Matt, we'll be hearing about this later. <laughs> <laughs> Without spoiling anything. <laughs> All right, Tom. All right. Is that it for you? Yeah, I think so. Oh, the music was good too. Well, music's dope. Yeah. All right, Travis, oh, number yeah. 10. All right, Matt, you're probably going to disagree with this one, but uh, it had two of the best performances of the year. Oh, no. Wait. Oh, no. It's What order are we going to in? Look at. Huh? We're going this way. Oh. Counterclockwise for the listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> Which direction we're going well, around Tom's coffee think. table. <laughs> um, yeah, it is Deborah Granick's Leave No Trace. It's mm. my number 10. Okay. I rewatched this one. And um, yeah, I think the two lead performances are great. Uh, can't wait to see what Thomas and Mackenzie does next. Uh, I think that was her first role. I think so too. Yeah. I uh, love the way she captures the Pacific Northwest, all that greenery. So beautiful to look at. Um, it's got some really intimate moments. Love all their survival stuff, especially at the beginning. Of course you do. Just watching people live on the land. Make a fire. <laughs> Um, and it also presents two ideologies, but in like a, a grounded and real way. Um, it's similar to like Captain Fantastic or there's a couple other examples, I feel like. Of like out in the woods, like. Well, just like. Living off the land. What's that? Uh, <clears throat> Dana Day Lewis movie, Jack and Rose. The Ballad of Jack and Rose. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Similar. Is that idea. what that movie is about? Sort of, yeah. Huh. It's a father and daughter that live out in the. Oh shit! So leave no trace is a is a ripoff apparently. It's not. No they're way. not quite so woodsy. <laughs> <laughs> I also could be misremembering the movie. Mm. Carry on. But yeah, I just love the whole like sense of community the movie presents and just like helping one another, especially when they're struggling. And um, I actually teared up second time watching it. Mm. So for that reason alone, I feel like it had to be on the list. <laughs> that is damn near impossible. Were you hungover? <laughs> No, <laughs> I do. I thought about rewatching that one because I was pretty lukewarm on it on a first watch. Yeah. But um, I, I, I kind of wish they had delved more into Ben Foster's like PTSD because like that's basically how they his his behavior is attributed to his experience in Iraq, basically. So, but they don't really develop it. They just we know that he's a veteran and he gets benefits for being a veteran. Um, not that we need like a PTSD flashback scene to what happened. You know, it was just I wish that's such a critical part of the movie is his apprehension to be around people and to like exist in society. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more development there, but maybe on a rewatch that would be less. Annoying. I think there's a lot of like little small touches though. Like when he's like, when he's doing like the whole, um, like tree logging sequence, you know, when he like gets work at the, yeah. House, the, the, yeah. The guy, and, like there's a moment when like there's a helicopter flying over and he like, it gets really loud and he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like his nightmares that he has and just how he always like wants to retreat and do his own thing. Did you watch this time? No, but, um, I know we talked about it. It's on prime. So yeah. And Sarah wants to see it. So I, I think we'll you get guys should to watch it. it. That would be a good watch. Yeah. I'm, I've been curious about it the whole time. Just never, I think I was out of town. I think I missed that episode. No, that's why were, I didn't see you it. You were there for it. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But no, I was there for the episode. Busy. You're right. But I think, I don't know why I missed the movie. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Anything else on uh, Leave No Trace? No, that's it. All right. Moving on to my number 10, An Evening with Beverly Lynn. Nice. Uh, this is during my cramming. This is one that I caught up with. Uh, this is uh, the new film from the director of The Greasy Strangler. I uh, can't remember his name. Tom something. Oh, yeah. He liked uh, my tweet about Beverly Lynn. Oh, nice. Tom Gaskins, maybe? Jim Haskins. Hosking. Jim Hosking, okay. Um, I See, this is a weird one because I can't really recommend that people watch it because I feel like most people will probably be turned off by the sense of humor and just how fucking weird and very absurd oddball. this movie is. Uh, f- funniest movie of the year, though, for sure. Yeah. I was laughing so much <laughs> watching this movie. It's so stupid, but so... Like, it plays it straight. It's it's self-aware in the sense that it knows what it's doing, but it's it plays it straight the whole way. Yeah, I was actually going to put this as my number 10, but after talking with you, I kind of had a feeling you were going to put it on there. And I don't know if it is like one of the 10 best movies of the year, but I definitely wanted to, to get some sort of spotlight. So I'm glad it's on one of our lists. See, I was a little conflicted for that same reason, because I do think there are multiple movies that are technically better, but this movie is just so strange. And no one's talking about this and movie. And so either. unique. <laughs> They're like uh, a got meal- a whole category for that. so emile hirsch's character it's emile hirsch right yeah his name is shane danger it's fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of uh, craig robinson's character (laughs) (laughs) so the whole movie craig until the very end craig robinson uh he doesn't have any lines he just goes "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) like that's literally all he does There's, so he uh, he's performing at a show, and you don't really know. You think it's he's like a magician or something. I'm not gonna spoil it, but um, he, there's a scene where he's ha- they had to po- postpone the show because he's having like indigestion or something, and it just cuts to the bedroom, and his like manager is just like rubbing Craig Robinson's belly, and he's just going like, mm. and the guy goes, "It's okay, it's okay, let the demon out," and then he just starts ripping farts like. <laughs> It's so <laughs> stupid and absurd, but I was dying watching this movie. Um, I, I had to rent it. I think it looks awesome, too. Yeah. And, it looks, uh, the music is awesome, too. The, yeah. the Greasy Strangler uh, uh, artist. I can't remember the guy's name, but he came back to do the score for this, and it's pretty good. I like the uh, musical moment towards the end, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the specifics, but he's like, this song is about loneliness and depression or something. And then the name of the song is like, why did I become a... Garbage man, or something like that. Like, uh, <laughs> it was so absurd. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my number ten pick. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good on you. My number nine film of the year: Disobedience. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think I know what you guys are groaning about. Everything. Um, yeah, great performances all around. I really like the scene toward the end um, where the uh, the rabbi, I can't remember if he's giving a eulogy or what. He's You're talking, talking about the about. climax of the film. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, there were, I mean, there were a few scenes in the temple, so I can't quite remember what was happening at which one. It's been a while. but um, I think he's finally <clears throat> like 
Well, it might be a spoiler. Oh, he's su- yeah, he's, he's accepting. To, yes, basically, but you don't know what he's going to say or what he, or how he's going to. I rewatched this so move forward. It's fresh. How did you rewatch this? It's on Amazon. It's on Prime. Oh shit! I I thought I swear I looked in it. Damn it! It didn't make my list because I f- I felt like I needed a rewatch. Like there were just so many strong movies, so mm-hmm. it didn't make my list. But mm-hmm. it's it's fringe, fringe top ten. Yeah, uh, really good movie. I loved it. No one's talking about it either. Mm-mm. Well, they should be. It's kind yeah. of a, I guess it's sort of an under under the radar type film. It's, mm-hmm. but I mean, Rachel Weisz and Rachel McAdams, like that's a pretty big headline duo, I would think. Yeah, there's a lot of good scenes in it. The three main performances. I are think great. it's just like it's an orthodox. It's a movie about Orthodox Jews in Europe they're all wearing black and they wear wigs for some reason i don't know it doesn't <laughs> if i was just some average movie goer i'd probably look at this and say mm, yeah this looks boring looks boring i have yeah. no interest in this incredible film my number nine is burning directed by lee chang dong this is the big one that this i wish strong. i had been able to see yeah me too yeah this one is on a lot of people's lists and <laughs> rightfully so um this is probably the movie i'm most excited to rewatch just because it's so rich in its themes and is like two and a half hours long um yeah but uh it's kind of weird movie just because it doesn't really feel like a thriller the whole time but it kind of devolves into one and uh i love the three main performances i think it's beautifully shot there's a scene that everyone's talking about um that's basically just a scene where this girl's like she takes off her top and starts dancing like while the sun's setting and you get to actually like watch the sun set during the scene um and yeah it's a great movie and yeah it's definitely the one i'm most excited to catch again so the uh i don't know if it's going to be on any like streaming platforms but the the blu-ray comes out like beginning of March, I think, because I was looking into ways to watch it, and it, it doesn't seem like there's any way to rent it yet. But the the Blu-ray comes out in March, so nice. I don't know, maybe it'll hit a streaming platform, but I might just pick it up. I, it seems like a movie I would really enjoy. Yeah, I think you guys would like it. Cool. <clears throat> All right, my number nine, and uh, I have to thank you for this one, Travis. It's 1985. Nice. I w- I, I had never even heard of this movie. Wow, what's this? So. How did you find out about this movie, Travis? It was either on a podcast or when I was just like scrolling through new movies to watch on Voodoo and that popped up. So this movie played at a bunch of like queer festivals. So it's basically about this guy who moved out of Texas to go to New York and he's he's gay. Very religious, like Christian background, comes home to visit his family um, to basically tell them that he has AIDS. But what's so powerful about this movie is that it's so subdued. Like the the like he never says he has AIDS. It's in like the description of the movie, but it's all about just like his inner turmoil, like when is he going to break the news to his parents? How is he going to break it? He reconnects with an old friend and they have a really like gut-wrenching conversation about their past together and and his life moving forward it was just so so beautiful like this was like the call me by your name of this year like i 
teared up. I was crying like heavily at the end of the movie. It's black and white, very low budget, but the it, performances are solid. It looks and feels like a student film, but it's like probably the best one ever made. <laughs> it's 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 pretty remarkable. Um, and Michael Chiklis is in it. Michael Chiklis plays the dad, and he's like the most like religious in the household. He he plays that role perfect because he's he's a pretty intimidating dude. He's not the tallest guy, but he's yeah. like a juggernaut. You know what I mean? The scene at the end, without spoiling it, where I'll just say the brother listens to something. I was incredible. a wreck. I was a wreck. <laughs> Tears streaming down Wait, my face. A wreck or erect? <laughs> a wreck. <laughs> Thanks for making that distinction, Tom. <laughs> um, yeah, just a really ba- beautiful, powerful film. Uh, and one of one of my biggest surprises of the year. I never even heard of it until Travis told me about yeah. it. I got to watch it. It's on my Voodoo account if you uh, want access. That's that's how I streamed it. Okay. I watched that and Paddington 2. And uh, let's just say Paddington 2, I'm not going to be bringing up again. (laughs) (laughs) That makes two of us. That's my number nine. Okay. Number eight. Mission Impossible Fallout. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But tons of fun. What else is to that is there to say? You know, he does his own stunts. Some of the best action sequences of the year. I would say ever. Yeah, there's some pretty, <laughs> pretty cool <laughs> shit in this movie. Parachute, jumping buildings. Those are my two favorite. The bathroom scene. The yeah, that fight sequence. scene. I get a little overwhelmed when scenes get too big. So the stuff at the end, and you know, like, um, remember how you guys liked that that scene in the Kingsman. Um, at the, the beginning with the Prince song? No, at the end. Of the first one or the second one? Second. With the cable car or something like that? Oh, yeah. And you guys thought it was cool and I thought well, it I was I didn't bullshit. love it, but it wasn't it was neat. as bad as you were saying it was. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is the really, really big action scenes, I just tune out. But So the stuff at the very end of Mission Impossible, I was, it was still cool, but I was like, eh. Is that why you didn't fall for Dunkirk? Just too big for you? <laughs> oh my god! Get out of here! <laughs> um, but Mission Impossible is is great. It is. I should go back and watch the two prior movies that I have not seen. Still, uh, I did that. I haven't seen Rogue Nation yet, but I watched Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallout's definitely better than Ghost Protocol. Okay. Ghost Protocol is cool. Uh, it was definitely a solid movie, but um, I, I prefer Fallout over that one. I'll watch Rogue Nation soon. I think, but. Didn't uh, didn't fit it in. Cool. Anything else on Mission Impossible? No. All right, All right, Travis. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Number eight, A Star is Born. God damn it. <laughs> Maybe it's time to let the old I was hoping die. you weren't gonna. Yeah, I was hoping you were gonna find a way to push it off of your list. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was making sure I <laughs> kept it. <laughs> uh. What else is there to say? <laughs> Nothing. Let's move on. Why don't you say some uh, of the things that you liked about the movie? No, uh, yeah. Uh, great music. <laughs> probably one of the best soundtracks of the year. Uh, not that it has a ton of competition, but sure. as far as, you know, original anyway. music for a movie. Uh, great performances by the two leads and especially Sam Elliott. Andrew Dice Clay is pretty good, too. So many good moments. Um the shallow performance is might be one of the best moments of the year. Well, it is one of the best moments of the year. Um, all the moments with Sam Elliott. Just love the 
epicness to this tragic love story and uh had to find a way to get it on the list yeah great stuff this was my uh 62nd favorite film of the year i'm <laughs> such a hater i can't believe it fuck star is born I, why do you hate it again? I don't, I don't actually hate it. I, I, I rated it at a three and a half. Mm. I just have a lot of issues with it. He just didn't fall for it. No. Didn't, didn't con <laughs> me. You will fall for anything. Apparently not. I'm the cry guy. I didn't cry once watching this movie. Dude, I lost like a pound of water weight during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, number eight, right? Yeah. My number eight is Yorgos Lanthimos. The favorite. Nice. Mm-hmm. This is uh, three of the best performances of the year, all in one movie. Olivia Coleman kills. She's hilarious. I think one of my favorite scenes it's in all the trailers is when she like scolds that uh, guard outside the door, oh, yeah. where she's like, it's like <laughs> she she says like, "Don't look at me" yeah. or whatever. I can't remember <laughs> the specifics, me. but look close at me. your eyes. Look at me. <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like a boy. He's like fourteen. So maybe. scared. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all of like the the power dynamics, like Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, just like going head to head, trying to be the winner, and then it kind of flips at the end, and it plays with your expectations because you're like, who's the real winner here? You know what I mean? I really appreciated that. It's a really intelligent, really funny, dark comedy. I would say. Um, Love the the absurdist. the what absurdist comedy. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Not particularly. I love the way it looks too. All those weird scenes where he uses like the the fisheye lens, where the camera's just in the corner and like the ceilings are huge and really weird. Like those stylistic touches that Yorgos is known for are in this movie. Um, that was great. He's the goat. The goat. He's not the goat. Yep. Yorgos. Yep. Get out of here. <laughs> I thought Nolan was the goat. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's multiple goats. Can only be one goat. <laughs> uh, okay. Number seven, Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. I love the movie, start to finish. Very funny. Very clever. Uh, really good performances. And I was on board with the whole Spike Lee thing this time around. Not always. Yeah. A little, little hit or miss sometimes with his, uh, his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. This is my number 11. Yeah. Oh. Beverly, Beverly Lufflin. Just barely, huh? Mm-hmm. I thought you would have it on your list for sure, Matt. Nope. Mm. All right. My turn? Yep. Number seven, Paddington 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told him that if that, if he brings that fucking bear up, that he's off, he's kicked off the podcast. Oh, man. Well, even a rewatch just, oh my just totally solidified it's, it. It's delightful. It has it all. But that's about it. It has it all. That's all I got to say. Uh, well, the main reason why I like this movie is that there's like so much effort and creativity put into it. And a lot of like kid driven or family movies, I feel like kind of just phone it in sometimes. This year's The Grinch is a perfect example of that. Oh my God. Um, but like, yeah, it's just so much fun and inventive. Like, um like the pop-up book sequence is awesome there's mm-hmm. so many good sequences like when he makes marmalade at the prison 
Like all I haven't the, seen the gags associated with the prison. Uh, best best gag in the whole movie is when he's, uh, he's making the deal. Oh my gosh, you guys are gonna ruin this movie. No, for no, me. no, it's a really small yeah, thing. You're about to tell me the best gag in the whole movie. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> when uh when uh he goes to make the deal with Brendan Gleeson's character and they. He, Brendan Gleeson spits uh, on his hand and he goes to shake and then Paddington just goes, oh, and he just spits on Brendan Gleeson's <laughs> hand because he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I laugh pretty hard at that. Hugh Grant is an amazing villain in it. Yeah, like I, it's it's a delightful movie. It was it made my heart swell, but it's, come on, Three man. sizes too big. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I love all the hijinks he gets into. Um, it's just such a sweet movie. It's a, it's a modern day good time. <laughs> it's basically if wes anderson actually directed a children's movie because um fantastic mr fox is not really a kid's movie you know yeah big anderson vibes both in like the dialogue and the symmetry of stuff yeah but yeah in a world of shit i think uh this and uh won't you be my neighbor are the two movies that everyone needs to watch this year are we gonna hear about won't you be my neighbor no, this is kind of my place. Come on, man! It. If you had to, if you had to do like a feel-good movie, won't you be my date? Excuse me, won't you be my neighbor? Is more effective and makes me feel better than Paddington too. The reason why won't you be my neighbor is not on the list is just because most of it's like repurposed footage that already exists from a TV show. You know, like as far as I don't know, I have a weird thing with documentaries as far as putting them on a best of list or even like, um. That the other side of the wind, I thought that would be a, oh, a weird yeah. inclusion just because it's like footage from the 70s. But um, enough about all of those. Paddington 2 rocks, number seven of the year. <laughs> Go all see right. it, Tom. Okay. See both, one and two. I did not see Which one. Which one should I start Both with? great. Obviously the first one. <laughs> I, I didn't see the first one, and I still enjoyed the second one. Quite both five-star films. <laughs> wow. Uh, my number seven of the year, you were never really here. Lynn Ramsey. Nice. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. What? Rhyme. Year. Number year. seven of the year. Wow. You were never really here. <laughs> Not on purpose, but <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Um, yeah. I rewatched this one. Tried to solidify it in my list. Uh, didn't really tried move. To. It didn't really move much. Um, it's a pretty incredible film. I love the way it looks. I love the score. Um, on a second watch it was a lot easier to follow not nearly as confusing it's pretty clear what's happening at all times even the flashback stuff kind of came into focus a lot more um the ending one of the craziest endings of the year one of the most effective endings it just didn't quite i mean it doesn't have that emotional impact that i like to look for um and it's not one there will be another movie that'll come up later that they're kind of similar um, but I just find on a rewatch, I don't really know on further rewatches if I'm going to be rewarded for much. It's a short movie. It's pretty clear what it's going for. It's very effective at doing that, but I don't know how rich it is. You know what I mean? After watching it a second time, it's not one that I think I'm going to come back to over and over and over again, like some of the other ones that'll be on my list later. Um, but still start to finish. It's just an incredible exercise in style. Joaquin Phoenix is one of the best performances of the year. Agreed. Great film. Agreed. Great film. No one plays a broken man like Joaquin. Like Joaquin. Yeah. Uh, my number six movie of the year is First Reformed. I thought it was going to be higher on your list. So did I. 
<laughs> when I first saw it. Um, did you rewatch this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rewatched it with Sarah. It stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. Which was surprising because this one does seem, I mean, it is a rich movie. One that you would think would really reward watching a second time. I think if it was a little bit faster paced, it would reward that more. But the second time around, if you have seen it within the last like six months, which I had it, it it's a little bit more on the boring side than on the poignant side. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched it and it fell out of my top 10 on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and uh, admit that now. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did but, your star rating change or did it? No, else? it's still a oh. five star movie. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those movies that it's a really important movie. And I think what it does is really effective, but it's just not one I'm probably going to want to come back to just because it's kind of a tough sit. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love a lot about it. Yeah, I think. I don't know. It just has it has moments where it really captures and holds that scene attention. where that scene where he's talking to the kid uh towards yeah. the beginning of the film excellent about like the environment i don't thing. know if you'd necessarily call him a kid but well i mean you know compared to him anyway yeah. they're, they're and i love his <laughs> and i love his he's got a beard narration i love the insider view of what's oh, like going the on diary thing yes the, the, the diary is excellent yeah. yeah when he's just like you know I read what I just wrote and I hate myself. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude, mm-hmm. this guy's going through some shit. It's a dark, it's a dark movie. You should be drinking a uh, whiskey Pepto right now. I know. It's my favorite. <laughs> I don't have any Pepto, but I might have some Pepto. If we have an Oscar party, that's got to be one of the featured oh, yeah. cocktails, you know, a whiskey Pepto. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I, I still really like the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My number six, you were never really here. Mm, Matt's close. number seven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything that Matt said is true about this film. Uh, amazing score. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. He had an incredible year. Uh, Don't worry, he won't get far on foot is also awesome. Yeah. Um, Sister's Brother was pretty great too. Um, not as good as the other two, but he's amazing in all of them. He's probably one of the best working actors today. Um. The underwater sequence might be a contender for best moments of the year. Yeah. Plays an integral role in the film and it's just beautiful. Uh, my other favorite movie and, and, or favorite movie, favorite moment is when, uh, uh, that like hench, those henchmen come to his mom's house and he, he wounds one like critically and they have that moment where they like sing together on the floor. I forgot about that. It's a really beautiful moment. That's a good one. Yeah. I love like, the relationship with his mom and all of the moments that they have. Well, I mean, there's only a few moments, but they're all pretty impactful. And, um, I like to read this as just like a allegory about our veterans and PTSD and how like they basically protect us or everyone. And they're kind of discarded and forgotten about. Um, and I like how brutal and violent it is, but it's not really like showy or, like really like it's not glamorized. glamorizing it yeah um but yeah i've seen it three times this year and it's been awesome every time great movie three times yeah cool my number six roma alfonso cuaron's roma um 
yeah I, I i did not get a chance to rewatch this one we just saw it on the big screen um very powerful movie i would say it's the most well-made film of the year like on a craft level it's exquisite uh, you want a hamper a hamper it's um very powerful film i love the way it looks i love the use of kind of non-actors um really just alfonso Cuaron working at the top of his game um I just, I don't know, I, as I was rewatching stuff and trying to fit it into my list, I originally had it a little bit higher, but it, it just, for me, it just doesn't hang with my top five. So number six for me, Roma. I'm sure we'll be talking about that again later. Not and from my point of view. So we're on number five now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Um, I need to pee and get another beer. Uh, so we'll do the second half of the top 10 uh, shortly. Uh, enjoy this music while you wait. And we are back, picking up with our top five films of the year. Tom, kick her off. Hereditary. Mm. I loved it. Stayed at the top all year. But uh, till the uh, fourth quarter, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. We've already talked about it a little bit. But it, I just thought it was really well crafted i was terrified i know that wasn't necessarily the same for everybody but um and then the performance by tony collette was outstanding the two or three moments that we've already touched on are great and as you know it's in my wheelhouse Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i hope tony collette gets some awards recognition it seems like she's not really she's not popping up in any of these or if she is, she's being nominated but not winning anything. I would love to see her get a Best Actress nomination for this. I know. She's so good in it. She's incredible. She she makes the movie. Without her performance, it's not as good as it Did it could be. Did she or this movie get any sort of attention at the Golden Globes? Or I no? don't think so. Not the Golden Globes. Snubbed? Anymore. Ouch. Yep. Yeah. But the Golden Globes just blew it. Horror movies typically don't fare well at uh, during award season. Yeah, unfortunately. Not since uh, The Exorcist. Well, no, Silence of the Lambs, although that's more of a... It's like a thriller, yeah. police, procedural type thing, yeah. but I know people do like to... It's spooky. ...categorize but... it as horror sometimes. Yeah. Okay, well, anything else you want to say on Hereditary? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't remember the music very well. I remember being effective, but not particularly memorable. There's a lot, there's a lot of empty space when it comes to sound like a lot of it just plays for for silence you know you just kind of have to sit in it which is i thought was pretty effective yeah and i think the modeling so the movie opens with a a miniature set and then you zoom into one of the windows and then it's like live action or, or whatever i don't know how to describe that very well but i never really understood that 
I would have to watch it a second time probably to piece that together a little bit more, look for more clues or something. It was definitely trying to say something, but I'm not sure what it was. Right there with you. Yeah. I think I would need to rewatch it to see because it's it's neat, but I struggle with kind of how it all fits into the greater narrative. Yeah, I would love to rewatch this. Just nobody wants to watch horror movies with me, so <laughs> I have to watch it by myself. So, all right, Travis, all right. my number five. This was uh, my favorite black experience movie. Number five, Blind Spotting. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was super entertaining, um, really funny and stylized. Uh, I love the chemistry between the two leads um, and just hanging out with them. Um, I think it's like a modern day do the right thing. And um, yeah, I just think it handles race in a really interesting way. And um, yeah, loved all of it. The gentrification. Um Love being, gentrification. Being like a love, love letter to Oakland and it's just, uh, yeah, another, uh, it's one of the only movies on my list I didn't rewatch or, you know, only saw once, but it's definitely one of the one I'm anxious to go back to. I think I need a rewatch on this one. I liked it. I didn't love it. I think I logged it as a four. Some issues, but definitely contender for scene of the year is uh, when they have that conversation in the parking lot, the V Diggs and uh, Raphael. Casas, I think. Casal. Casal. Yeah. Really impactful. The climax could also scene. be one of the better moments. Yeah, I think I yeah. need to rewatch that because I was a little bit not turned off, but it's it felt weird and very stylized that moment and powerful though. Yeah. Great stuff. Cool. Okay. Is that it on blind spotting? Yep. My number five literally just swapped it with my number four couple minutes ago last minute adjustment wait like mid show like literally when we came back from break All i switched right. it number five suspiria this is the new film from luca guadagnino who uh had my favorite film of 2017 call me by your name uh this is uh visually one of the best of the year standout scenes some of the most uh unique disturbing beautiful scenes that i've i've you know witnessed in a long time uh i think there's a lot of uh kind of political backdrop to this film that i think i either don't have the context for or i just kind of missed how it kind of fits in the greater narrative on a first watch or maybe it wasn't done as well as it could have could been. be too yeah <laughs> i can't say without having rewatched it but i it this was at one point my number one film of the year. And just as I've been rewatching stuff, as I've seen new stuff, it just, I haven't thought about it as much as I thought I would. It was kind of heavy on my mind the first month or so I saw it. And then now when I think back on it, it's standout scenes that I dwell on, but the movie as a whole, uh, I don't know. didn't really have quite the impact that I thought it had when I first saw it. So still loved it. Um, I think, What's the girl? Dakota Johnson. She's great. Tilda Swinton playing three roles. Fantastic. Uh, it's it's strange. It's grotesque. It's beautiful. I loved it. Great. <clears throat> Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Great soundtrack, too. Tom York. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He rocked it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of great soundtracks, number four, A Star is Born. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
it just doesn't feel like a modern movie, but in a good way. It it's really melodramatic. It's really over the top. It's uh, kind of cheap, you could say, in some respects. Maybe manipulative. Sure, that's a, a weighted word, but sure, it's going. It's trying to manipulate you into crying, into laughing, into all that stuff. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, I yeah, totally did. <laughs> uh, yeah, my most uh, emotional movie movie viewing experience for sure. Number four. All right. Cool. My number four is a love letter to all mothers out there, like the masterpiece Jean Dielman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, number four is totally directed by Jason Reitman. Wow. Uh, no one is talking about this movie they at the be. end of the year, which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, they should be. Um, Charlize Theron is amazing in this. I think she nails her performance and what this movie's going for uh i think it has a lot of great moments um and yeah the the whole twist works for me and kind of adds another layer to the movie and um yeah i just think it's it just does a great job of showing how tough it is to be a parent and how hard it is just to be an adult or grow up and have all these responsibilities and you know not losing yourself and your identity and all that and great stuff yeah i was a big fan too yeah i liked it a lot i will say the the reveal i'm very mixed on it part of me thinks it's super ballsy uh but part of me also kind of feels like cheated like I don't want to give it away because we don't need to, but I had a very mixed reaction to the the climax of the film. It, it does make you reinterpret everything that comes before it just because the nature of, of the, the twist, we'll call it. Um, maybe reveal. it would go up if I watched it again. Yes, the reveal, but <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't make the cut. In support of the twist, I think it, it also is a very real experience for mothers it didn't feel like uh um well i'm gonna use this word again it didn't feel like a cheap manipulative thing just to make you rethink the movie i i think it had its own message uh that was added by adding by including that twist yeah Yeah, i loved i loved all the stuff that it was a, a very honest look at motherhood being a parent you have He's not a deadbeat dad, but we'll say maybe he doesn't do his full share. Yeah, a little clueless. Maybe isn't doing as much as he could be in raising the child. Yeah. Played by uh, Ron Livingston. I mean, there's lots of scenes of him playing video games. The greatest to ever live. The best schlub, yes. (laughs) Uh, He's playing video games. She wants to talk to him. He's like kind of listening, but he's still playing his games, you know. A little clueless. Yeah. But I like that. I think, um, yeah, the, the script, though, is awesome. Just like, I just love some of the lines of dialogue and how sarcastic um, Charlize Theron's character is and just a lot of good jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Solid pick. We're on number four, yeah? Yeah. Number four. My number four pick, Minding the Gap. Documentary about uh, childhood friends uh, there's footage going back to when they were like in middle school 
And it's just a, a very intimate look at uh, a really small, specific part of America and these kids growing up, exploring their trauma, exploring their masculinity. Um, I th- don't think the movie uh, pulls any punches. The director, ease- I mean, he, the subjects are his best friends. He very easily could have like let them off the hook, but he, he doesn't. Um, there's some really, really powerful moments in this film that I wasn't expecting. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, plus, I love skateboarding and skateboarding culture. So the shots of them skateboarding around town, I thought were well filmed. And just the way that this movie kind of, as it goes along, reveals the um, like the heart of the of the subjects. Because there's one character in particular that you go back and forth on a lot the way like the the things that he has done you hear uh from other people kind of problematic things about his character and what he has he has done in his life but when he's talking for most of the movie he's a really charismatic likable guy and then there's kind of a confrontational moment towards the end where everything just kind of comes together and you really question who it is we're, we're talking about do are they redeemable are they not i loved all of that stuff so really powerful i thought it was incredibly moving um i don't think i've ever put a documentary this high on my list um it's really something special it's on hulu if anyone wants to watch it yeah i i rewatched it to see if it would make my list and it did not unfortunately no skateboarding movies made my list this year oh, i kind of wanted to throw one of them on there as like a all-encompassing type pick but i couldn't but um yeah, it's the only thing I think that is really maybe keeping it off my list is that, and this might even be the, a strength of it, is it has a little bit of a home movie type feel. Sure, yeah. And, but some of the access that he has because he's been filming them for so long, I feel like you, you just can't capture those kind of moments, you know, if your intention is to go out and make a movie. Like this is footage that he's been like building up for years and it's like, kind of like this like greatest hits type like retrospective on his life and his friend's life growing up and i think we'll see more documentaries like this in the future with uh, yeah with everyone having access to phone you know you can take video on your phone very cheap digital camcorders like these kind of long form narratives that take place over the course of like pivotal moments in a person's development yeah uh it it was really cool because you kind of watch the kids grow up because he's been recording his friends for a long time and you do see a market improvement in the way it looks because as he gets older he gets access to better cameras there's more formal interviews that he conducts um but it's just there's there's a universality to the film that i think is makes it important some of the stuff that the characters or the people in the documentary say are is so like profound too that like you wouldn't really expect it like the the kid you're talking about he says something along the lines of like when you're growing up and as a kid you don't really think you just do and then as you grow older you kind of like lose sight of that and you kind of like lose your innocence in a way and and also i like the moment when he's being interviewed he says something along the lines of like sometimes you just have to like hit a bitch or slap a bitch or something like that. And the way that's like juxtaposed with the next scene is like, yeah. He interviews his mom, right? Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Pretty, pretty well done. Really? Especially for how young this 
kid is. Like it's who very well made. Uh, Bing Lu. Bing Lu. How old is he now? He's probably like he's probably early twenties, twenty four, yeah, something like that. Has he done anything else, or is this his first project? This is it. Yeah, is he gonna keep going with this, or, or what? I think so. I mean, I've seen this movie on a lot of lists. I think anyone who has seen as high it, as number one. I mean, it's yeah. It, I think it's a movie that didn't get. If it had gotten more exposure, a lot of people would be talking about it and seeing it. And a lot of people have seen it because of. As the mood, the year has gone on, people talking about it. Yeah, um, I think it's absolutely valid. I, I was incredibly moved by it. If I have time, I think I want to watch that tonight or this week sometime. Of all the skate movies that came out this year, uh, it's the most impactful for me. Anyway, mid nineties was really good. Uh, it's I think it's in my top twenty, but this this yeah. is the one. Um, okay, anything else? No, that's it on that. Number three for me is the favorite. Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, amazing performances. It's the actual funniest movie of the year, despite Matt's claims. <laughs> <laughs> you having not seen the movie I was talking about. But <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about it at length, so we don't really need to go into the details, but um, I, uh, I loved it. Me as well. Uh, number three. You guys did not feel as strongly about this one. Um, but it is such a me movie. Oh boy. Is, this, is it Widows? It is Widows. No. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> uh, Number three? Oh yeah. It's such an intense <laughs> what? thriller and I was gripped the entire time. Oh. There's not a ton of action in it. I kind of wish there was a little bit more, but oh, even sure. just the, <laughs> I think anybody would. just the interactions with all the characters <laughs> felt like action sequences to me. Like when, uh, they're they're verbal sparring brian tyree henry paperboy mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his moment when he goes to viola davis's apartment and kind of scares her you know puts the muscle on mm-hmm. good stuff um it's got a great ensemble cast of characters um daniel kaluuya <laughs> is a menacing and memorable victim or villain and he's not even really in the movie that much but his presence is well known mm-hmm. uh i love heist movies and mm. this one isn't like a full-on heist movie but it's got a few high sequences and that's kind of the whole thing surrounding it and i loved all the twists and turns i was not expecting where it went all the time and i was just actively engaged and loved it yeah it's it's a fun movie i have a lot of problems with like motivations of characters though like i feel like it's a movie that if you want to nitpick it you really can just the shit that happens in it why people do what they do um we don't need to get into that right now i mean we kind of discussed that in our in our review as far as why me and tom weren't as hot on it as you i felt like i was left with no choice but to nitpick yeah, I don't know. I feel like it is a little jam-packed, but I like that it's going for a lot. And I also just like that it's a different perspective. Like, we've never really had a heist film like this as far as, like, surrounded by women. And just the timing of it and everything, I think, is... Yeah, I mean, Ocean's 8 did it first. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Wid- Widows is, is much better than yes. Ocean's 8. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get why you enjoy it so much. It, it's one that maybe I'll revisit down the road, but uh, can't say I'm as hot on it as you. That's okay. What are we on? Number three? 
my number three of the year, Annihilation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just rewatched this one last night. My girlfriend got me the 4K of Annihilation, so it pops. Visually, some of the most uh, memorable sequences of the year. Uh, from a s- suspense standpoint, some of the most memorable sequences of the year. That bear scene is like, I even on a second watch was so tense. That creature is so horrifying. Like when that girl's voice comes out of that like bear creature's mouth, horrifying. Um, it's a mouthwatering sequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was remarkable. Um, it's not without its issues. Um, when I, this was kind of floating up and down my lists last night and today as I was figuring out where to place it, but ultimately I left it at number three. Going back to what Tom said earlier, um, it's not a perfect movie. Some of the writing, when I think of the bad writing, I think of dialogue. Some of the dialogue in this movie is is pretty forced. Yeah, that's what I was... Does not feel natural at all, especially Gina Rodriguez's character. I said it before, I'll say it again. She's the worst part of this movie, both from a character motivation standpoint and just performance. Um, she's, she's the weak link. But otherwise, even like the opening scenes, there's probably 30 minutes where you're, you're filling in the story. You go to the Southern Reach and you're at Area X. There's this buildup. You see the shimmer. So there's a lot of tension already before they even cross into the shimmer. So I love that moment where you're building this up. You don't know what is going to be on the other side of it. Um, I loved all of that stuff. Yeah, um, I rewatched this, and the second time going in, I viewed it as a like an allegory for depression because that's kind of I didn't really get that the first time watching it, but that's kind of like what people have pegged this movie for. And I think just watching it kind of loosely with all these like big ideas is the best way to watch it. And like, if you try and make sense of the whole thing, you're probably going to be dissatisfied with it. But I just love the idea of like you kind of being one thing and coming out as another because of like your experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Number three of the year. Good choice. My number two is Suspiria. Oh yeah. Yeah. Quite taken with this movie. Um, Tell me we've already talked vocals. about it. Yeah, uh, I'm mostly on board with the vocal I'm on board. moments. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Matt, just like visually grotesque, beautiful, striking, unusual, and uh, it's got witches. So. <laughs> We know Tom loves I'm witchcraft. All about it. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. Yeah. Number two is the favorite. Wow. Best trio of performances all year. You guys have kind of already said a lot about this movie. I love the look of it. Everything visually about it. The set design, the costumes, the makeup, the fisheye lenses, everything about it. Um I love the competition between the two um, and just watching them battle back and forth throughout. And then I think the queen is probably one of the most interesting characters of the year, just because you, you kind of feel so much for her at the end and she's just lived this life of tragedy and yeah, it's really funny, but also tragic at the same time. And it's, it's a feast. K 
can't buy happiness. <laughs> you cannot. We is learned it? that when we watched The Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> is this your favorite uh, Yorgos movie now? Uh, possibly. It's hard to pick a favorite of his. I haven't cause... rewatched any of his movies. They've all been single watch. So, but he is one of the most exciting filmmakers working today. He's like by far. Yeah, he's <laughs> my favorite uh, provocateur. I guess you could call him like way better than Lars von Trier. That yeah. guy can get fucked. He's he's the new Lars. He's the new wave of Lars von Trier. What Lars should have been. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. Anything else on the favorite? It was almost my favorite. Oh, shit. I don't know what your number one is. I'm trying to recap your list. and we um, will see. Yeah. Uh, my number two, this is a recent watch, the Shoplifters. Oh. The Mule. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Shoplifters blew me away. It yeah. was the most moving film of the year. The most human film of the year. It's funny. I love the performances. It, it, it feels the most natural. It's not showy. You took this one in the mouth. What? You took this one in the mouth. Oh yeah, big time, <laughs> big time. It's not. It's not showy. It looks good, but it's not showy. It's all about the characters and the compassion and the tragedy. I mean, the way this movie, the places this movie goes, I wasn't expecting. It was impactful. Um, there's, there's, uh, the main, not the main character, but there's a, a little girl that they find that comes into their lives that you don't really know a ton about her. You just know that she's ex- suffered some abuse in her life. And there's a, one of my favorite moments of the whole year where there's another character who's comforting her, basically telling her that no one who loves you would ever treat you that way. This is how someone who loves you treats you. And she just hugs the little girl. And there's like a full minute probably of them just hugging, embracing each other, watching fireworks, uh, brought the waterworks, uh, incredible performances, uh, very organic. I loved, 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 loved this movie. I thought it was incredible. And I think everyone should try and go see it. Still in theaters, right? I don't know if it's still in theaters. It might still be at AMC 10. It's probably not at a lot of theaters, but... I think it's at AMC. If time you're now. trying to catch it, that's your best. Place. I think you would, you and Sarah would both really like this movie. I think. Yeah, I think so too. It's some something special. That's my number two. Okay. Well, it's come to this. It's the number one movie of the year. Definitively, Roma. Alfonso Cuaron. We both we knew it. it. We knew it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gorgeous both visually and the story. Um, I said this when we when we reviewed it, but the first half of the movie, I didn't really know. I didn't know what it was doing to me yet. And then you get a couple of moments later in the movie, and that's when it all kind of comes together. I really love when a movie does that, where it sort of surprises you by how affecting it's been. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. I think that, um, well, I hope that we get to see that main actress and some more stuff. What's her name? I don't know. I don't know her actual name. I have no idea. She hasn't <clears throat> been anything else that I've seen. But, um, yeah, what else is there to say about the movie? It's uh, It was heartbreaking, but it's also filled with hope in certain scenes. You never get all of one or the other. So I think that's what makes it so powerful. The symbolism of the car. 
And the car, that, okay. that fucking car and the airplane. <laughs> I don't know what they mean, but they are amazing. Um, it is masterfully crafted. Uh, yeah, and it, in sort of a literary sense too, I think some of the with the car and the airplane and stuff. Uh, it it it's almost like you're reading a novel to me. Yeah, it's done with such confidence that you don't. It doesn't really bring attention to the filmmaking, yeah, even though a good, that's a good way to say you can it. tell how masterful it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you mentioned this in a review, but this seems like a movie that's going to be like taught in college classes. You know, like film studies. Like, yeah, it's just one of those movies. It's just everything is there: the craft, the narrative, the st- the stylistic choices. I mean, it didn't have to be in black and white. But it is. Yelitsa Aparicio is her name. That's she the was also name. in a t- another 2018 movie. It's 10 minutes long. It's directed by Justin Peck, and it's called Let's Dance. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think it's like about like female actresses from 2018. It's like kind of like this experimental short film like where they're just dancing. I don't know, if you, you might have the description right there. Uh. 2018's best actors transform ordinary acts into moments of grace and beauty. Justin Peck, the New York City Ballet's resident (laughs) choreography, created a series of dances for 2018's best actors. The scenarios put everyday characters in familiar situations, packed into a subway car, stuck in a doctor's office, caught in a downpour. But once they start moving, the actors turn our common experience into welcome moments of enchantment. That sounds cool. It sounds really cool for 10 minutes. Uh, Maybe it's on Vimeo. Yeah, that, that sounds like a Vimeo <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> I don't know where you watch this, but I'll probably just see if YouTube has it after yeah, this. Yeah, Google it later. I think Vimeo or YouTube for sure. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You guys you don't guess. Oh, we already, we already guess. went. Number one has already been decided. You know, I mean, it? you can give us some follow-ups if you want. You and you and Matt. Oh, but. I see what you're saying. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a guess? Um, probably. Don't say it. Just. You just want to know if we have a guess. Yeah. Okay, I have a guess. Okay, we'll see. If yeah. You're right. Okay, I have a guess. Get the fuck out of here. Is that really your number one? Oh my Mandy. God. Oh my God. <laughs> the most rockin' movie of 2018. I'm very, very surprised. <laughs> your by this. top three is so shaky. <laughs> number two is the favorite. Widows, on, maybe. That's why it's not a downright okay. ab- abomination. <laughs> you got Widow, or uh, uh, the favorite is like the solid cream in between two crumbling Oreo chips. <laughs> I eat that shit up. Uh, you didn't even get Oreos. They're like a Nilla wafers. That's what they are. It is such a visceral experience. Uh, I love all the crazy, crazy visuals and the rock and score. Um, even though it's a little bit slow and odd at times, I love the vibe and experience I had watching this. I've seen it three times now. Um, it's like the ultimate revenge fantasy. So many bonkers slash memorable moments um cheddar goblin would be one to name (laughs) such a ridiculous it's goblin good (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i think it's just a just something i've never seen before and it's probably the one movie i've seen this year that i feel like i could go back to over and over and put on at any time uh, I do think that um, 
it is actually trying to say something other than just being a cool, pretentious, <laughs> you know, visual feast. Do you um, think it's a commentary on um, uh, what's that fake religion? Scientology. Oh, Scientology. No, I think it's like about taking down Jesus freaks and like, but even like loosely based on like capitalism or just like cultists. Basically, like it's interesting though because he calls them Jesus freaks, but they're not Jesus freaks. They are, they are cultists. They have their own religion. Yeah, but it's like a higher power of some sort that they worship. Right. But the main character thinks they're Jesus freaks and kills them anyway. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like the, the whole movie is trying to say that like weak people will follow other weak people. Because they think they're so grand, because they say they're so grand. Um, but this is kind of, this is just kind of like the movie that's like basically trying to rid evil and bad people from this world. Because like the biker gang is just full of evil, and so are, so is the cultist that he's trying to face. And so I think it, there's loose themes in there that make it more than just a cool movie. And yeah, it's just something that I think I'll be watching for years to come we uh we watched this on my birthday the other day we all watched it at my place uh tom and i were not so hot on this movie it's uh it's an exercise in style over substance in that (laughs) it looks incredible the music is incredible and nick cage's like manic energy that he brings to the movie is incredible but that's about it. There's more there, Matt. You I know there's more there, but I was I was bored. I was I think the performances in the movie are all bad. It's just that we look at Nick Cage and appreciate it because he's just a crazy fuck and his character is so over the top that I mean I mentioned this when we saw it, but I feel like every actor is trying to bring that like Nick Cage energy to the movie and they fail. They're laughable to me, but Nick Cage is incredibly entertaining. There's a scene where he's like downing the vodka, just screaming. <laughs> so absurd and interesting. One of the best of the yeah, game. that was that was good stuff. And like, uh, there's the, like visually, on, the, there are, the chainsaw fight is awesome. Yeah, it's a little over the top, but the whole movie is over the top. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's incredibly pretentious. I I don't know. I would the way you feel about. Mandy is how I feel more or less about Suspiria. Sure, I can t- I can totally <laughs> see that. I just feel like there's more significantly more substance in Suspiria. Having only seen Mandy one time, I'm curious to watch it again. I just I don't know. It felt like the director was just jerking off for two hours, honestly. And I was right there to catch it all <laughs> in the face. <laughs> All right. Any comments, Tom? Your, your opinion is valid. One of the best scores of, of all time, though. I know I, I'm a little Get hyperbolic the fuck with my out of, of all, all times, time? but like... One of the best what? Scores. scores of all time. No. Good time last year and Mandy of this year. Can't beat them. <laughs> yes, you can. Amazing scores. Such a fun piece of music to listen to in or outside of the movie. Pretty, I will say, pretty cool swan song for Johan Johansson. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. We love the guy. Pretty sad that 
he's not going to score another film. Especially, yeah. I guarantee he would have scored Panos' next movie. Almost oh, that, guaranteed. that jabroni? Don't watch Beyond the Black Rainbow, though. That I can't wait to watch this trash. director's next movie. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I think we have different, very different expectations. <laughs> yeah. I think that it will be validated that he's a hack. <laughs> Preach, Tom. Preach. <laughs> well, it's my, it's Did you just favorite. click your mic off? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, turn off because you were going to like say something really horrible to Tom. Just <laughs> oh, man. Fuck you, Tom. It's not, a, it's not a, a ranking episode without me and Matt uniting against Travis. Right, yeah. <laughs> On something. Th- th- that's the unified front this year is Mandy. Uh, Last year it was Dunkirk. Yeah, Widows. <laughs> widows in good time. It wouldn't be Cinephiles or Jest if Mandy was not my number one. <laughs> oh, my God. Well... I know it, but I, I won't spoil it. I do want to watch it again. Wait, you know mine? I know your number one. You know mine? Should I? Based off it of hasn't come up how yet. it hasn't come up yet. Then no. And yeah. I I don't know. With a bullet. <laughs> it's first reformed. Yeah. Oh, number it did one come film up. of the year. Whoa. From him. From, from him. you guys, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, talk about first reformed. It was hovering around like the number five spot until I rewatched it. Uh, Haley got me the Blu-ray, so I watched it with her. Mm-hmm. Baby blue, <sighs> fucking blew me away. I I have a note in my phone. It like there's probably read like, it. Let's read, read it. everything. There's probably some good stuff in here. I I haven't looked. I was okay. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I kind of want to read through these notes because I was granted. I was very stoned on the rewatch. Well, let's say let's say a couple things about First Reformed. It stars Ethan Hawke. In my favorite performance of the year, absolutely. He plays He's your boy. a um, he plays a pastor, preacher, preacher, a preacher, preach man in like a tourist tourism church, basically. Right. So it's a sister church. There's a big mega church in the main in the city, and then he has the old historic church that can't seat enough people. That's mainly just for tourists and like ten people. Who yeah, come Mandy on says Sundays. fuck that church. And... <laughs> <laughs> Was he a, is he a vet? No. Okay. No. No. Okay. So he became a, or I don't know if he became a his preacher, but he son, lost his, uh, his child, his son his and his son. wife left him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They separated over the death of their son. Yes. And he is struggling. Hey, Big that's time. one of the movies that I was trying to think of hmm. when I, uh, when we reviewed Widows, as far as like. Not being able to continue your relationship after... Oh, a traumatic experience involving yeah. the loss of a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, this go. movie is just... I can... I've, I mean, I have a shitload of notes here. You can read it so many ways. It's so rich. I love the way it looks. Ethan Hawke gives an incredible performance. Um, I was just blown away rewatching. It's a very this. cold movie. Tom, what did we say after we saw this? Oh yeah, Matt's you both number one of the year. Yeah, you guys saw it before I did. Yeah, and, you guys and then were right. you saw it, and you were like, "I really liked it," but and you, then you rewatched reser- it, reservation. And, and we saw that twinkle in your eye. Oh yeah, it was there. It's always been there, always will be. So here, Tom, I'm going to hold out my phone. Oh my gosh, hold on, let me let me browse through this. You talk well, I'm going to read. I'm going to read some of these, but just like the the amount of notes I took rewatching this. Yeah. Okay. The ramblings. Let's see. I, I haven't looked. I haven't looked at these notes since I since I took them while I was rewatching it. 
Okay. Uh, we got we're in for a treat. Most beautiful shot of the year. Oh. Uh, toward the very end with the purple sky oh, at dawn. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that one is fine. Cream. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Double stuffed Oreo. Oh. <laughs> you mean the time, time, time lapse, right? Time lapse scene? Yeah, so it's the yes. end of the time lapse because he. Yeah. it's where the funeral was for the uh, the extremist the guy who basically sets in motion this crisis yeah. of faith that he has in the film yep all i, I can know. think of during that scene is the quote from pirates of the caribbean uh something about like red sky in the morning a pirate takes takes warning or something like that <laughs> <laughs> uh i can't say i know what you're talking about but it might not be from that movie it looks so good uh what do we got here oh uh, prior to meeting the extremist, he feels his prayers are not being heard. His encounter with the activist only amplified those feelings. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is a man of God, and he's exhilarated by the thought of his beliefs being threatened. That comes through the diary. He has, uh, there's a scene where he's narrating his diary entry, and he is like exhilarated by his experience with the extremist because he makes him question uh, God. Yeah. Which I thought, I mean, I love Crisis of Faith movies. It's like my shit. Um, that's a. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I was Shadow. saying that. Uh, <laughs> yes, that I love the diary entries. I was particularly thinking of that one where he's like, it was exhilarating talk because you didn't think he was going to say that. You thought he was going to say, "Oh, I'm really worried about this kid," but he's like, "No, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I ate it up totally." Uh, we got. Uh, oh, this this sounds like a high thought. Um, <laughs> entire movie is about submitting to futility. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. Uh, the merger of religion and capitalism is sickening, and Reverend feels it. <laughs> well, in parentheses, gift shop in a church. There's yeah. that scene where he gives the tour. Gift shop in the church is pretty gross. Pretty gross. Uh, nihilism, the overarching theme. Interpretation of the ending, refusal to accept futility, thus the fantasy fever dream of romance and elation. Mm. That sounds like Stone Matt, for mm. sure. Enlightenment is despair, blissful ignorance is key. What? <laughs> I forget what what Paul Schrader says the ending of it, it is supposed to mean. He gives kind of like two interpretations. I love one of them, but I can't recall what he says. I like the one that you didn't like as much. So the, I think the one that you didn't like as much is that Paul Schrader says it is God showing Ethan Hawke's character this is what heaven is. That was one of his interpretations. I can't remember the other one. Like a dream, maybe? Or... What are you talking about? I can't The remember. whole movie? The very or... end of the film. Because okay. he's he's about to... Oh, right. Okay, so Commit an happens. act of terrorism. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to read it. There's way more, but let me see. Let me see if there's a good oh, one. That cosmic planking sequence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Tree of Life-esque. So uh... Cosmic planking. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh. We, should start, we should start a Photoshop trend. <laughs> so th this might just be my high mind. The cosmic but... planking challenge. <laughs> there's a conversation. I think it might be a diary entry. No, no, no. It's it's during it's when Ethan Hawke is talking to the like the environmental activist. He says explicitly, "Life is about hope and despair, and the balance between there is no hope without despair." Blah blah blah. So like, I kind of ran with that through the rest of the movie. Roma, and uh, <laughs> I wrote this: Pepto Bismol and alcohol. One a destroyer, 
want a healer. Oh. Like oil and water. They are viscous, but do not mix. Mm. <laughs> Shit like that. Like the, the whole, uh, it was a different interpretation that I found on a second watch as far as the, you know, the whole thing being about the balance between life and despair or not life and despair, despair and hope. And he, the pendulum swings toward despair for him. And for me, the way I interpreted the ending sequence is a fantasy where the pendulum swings all the way the other way. The way the music is playing, the camera spinning around, the two of them embracing. He's literally still, like, wounded by the, the uh, barbed, wire. barbed wire he wrapped around him. Like, I just find that this movie is so rich and so impactful. Uh, it skyrocketed to the top of my list. I love it. Can't wait to rewatch it ten more times. And now you can. Now I can. It's a... It's a fantastic movie. Where was it on your list? Like six or seven? Six. Yeah. It was in my top five forever, and then I rewatched it, and it fell. Mm-mm. I had the opposite, <laughs> the opposite effect. Not, not because it's not a great movie, but yeah. I think it's just I, you're excited to rewatch it. Me, I feel like I've probably gotten what I could get from it. I think I've gotten everything. I'm not excited to go back oh, because man. it is a tough watch, and it is a little slow at times. Fair enough. But you can say that about a lot of movies. <laughs> but Ethan Hawke is fantastic. Oh, he's so good. It's pretty reserved, but, but God, you just... But not in like a way that... Well, we'll probably talk about this later. But there are, there are sometimes lead performances that get praised for being subdued. But really, they're just... They don't do anything. He is reserved, but like you can tell he's bubbling underneath. Oh, there's not sure what with the struggle is just like you can see it in the wrinkles on his forehead. You know what I mean? Like he just like wears it in his skin through his body. He's just like inhabiting this character who's having a crisis. Yeah, he goes and has a conversation with the uh, the megachurch preacher Cedric the Entertainer. Yes, (laughs) and Cedric's like, you know, how are you doing? He's like, I'm good. It's like obvious lie. He's not good. He is far from yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. There's just, I mean, we, we need to move on, but there's just, there's so many scenes that I just found were so rich. Like, there's a scene where they're at the diner, and the guy who owns the church or something, or he's going to be... He's a big benefactor. Yeah, they're going to be having an event for, like, the, the 200th or 300th anniversary of the church, and he kind of comes to head with Ethan Hawke because he's, like, Basically, Ethan Hogg is questioning all the hypocrisy and the bullshit, and the other guy's like, you need to f- fuck off. Like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that. You're going to introduce me, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So good. That's our top 10 list for the year, 2018. Um, In the books. Let, let's do a Should quick... Uh, do you guys have your phones? Let's just do a... We'll just say the top 10 before we move on. Just so it's it's fresh in everyone's memory. Sometimes when you're listening to these, it's tough to recall. Yeah, you're just like, wait. So what 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 did they talk about before? Um, I ha- okay. What read my top ten? Just yeah. you just read the top ten, ten to one. Just recap. Okay, Annihilation, Disobedience, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Black Klansman, First Reformed, Hereditary, A Star Is Born, The Favorite, Suspiria, Roma. Leave No Motherfucking Trace, number 10, 9, Burning, 8, A Star is Born, 7, Paddington 2, 6, You Were Never Really Here, 5, Blind Spotting, 4, Tully, 3, Widows, 2, The Favorite, and number 1, 
Mandy. Our top tens are almost completely different. <laughs> There's some crossover. We have, what two overlaps? A Star Is Born and The Favorite. Uh, yeah. Yep. I think you and I have two overlaps. You were never really here in The Favorite. So The Favorite is that the only movie that appeared on all three of our lists? I think so. Wow, pretty different than last year. We had a well lot named. of crossover last year. Hmm. The Favorite. What was that? Is well named. Yep, aptly named. Yes. <laughs> okay, my top ten. Uh, ten, An Evening with Beverly Laughlin. Nine, 1985. The Favorite, You Were Never Really Here. Roma, Suspiria, Minding the Gap, Annihilation, Shoplifters, and First Reformed. Pretty cool that we, had, we, like, we got to spotlight a lot of movies that i think a lot of people saw but a lot of movies that a lot of people maybe have never even heard of yeah so yeah a nice mix um honorable mentions should we lead with that what didn't quite make the cut but you want to give a shout out to sure sure how far do we want to go i'm just gonna read my 11 through 20 i think let's do it tom do you even have that i have 11 or? through 18 sure yeah. let's hear him um, sorry to bother you. Won't you be my neighbor? I'm surprised that didn't come up on anybody's list. Uh, mid nineties, totally eighth grade, Ballard, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, First Man, and Black Panther. Nice. Uh, starting with twenty, Roma, nineteen eighty. Twenty Roma at twenty. I made a spot for my top twenty. Oh my Chill god. Out. Right. <laughs> wow. Nineteen, nineteen eighty five, eighteen, Love Simon. 17, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. 16, Skate Kitchen. 15, Won't You Be My Neighbor. 14, First Reformed. 13, An Evening with Beverly Laughlin. 12, Annihilation. 11, A Quiet Place. Oh, I kind of thought it was going <laughs> to, I thought it was going to be like a nine or 10 pick that for you. Was, that and Annihilation were ones I was like, do I want to make room? And finally I settled on Leave No Trace. I should actually put Slot A Quiet Place in here somewhere. At the bottom? <laughs> no. Probably number 16. So uh, my honorable mention, starting at number 20, mid-90s, 19, If Beale Street Could Talk, 18, Thoroughbreds, which that was the one I was most hank. When, when I was talking about disobedience and I thought it wasn't available, Thoroughbreds is what I was thinking of. I really wanted oh. to rewatch that because I feel like that that could be a contender. I just didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Uh, 17, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 16. I'm really surprised I didn't make your top 10. Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's a superhero <laughs> movie. I don't know. I thought about it. 16, Disobedience. 15, Halloween. Yeah, oh, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know why that didn't make your top that 10. That was number one at one, well, for like a week it was my number one. And uh-huh. then... Then, there was like three or four episodes what? where you had a new number one. Came back to Earth. <laughs> I just, I, that was like the fanboy. That was the fanboy in me putting it at number one. Uh, First Man, number fourteen. This movie is getting hardly any love, and I think First Man is great. It was, it was okay. <laughs> it was good. Run of the mill. Mm, you guys should watch it again. Yeah, I think I need to watch it again, but I don't. Think so. Thirteen. Lean on Pete. I love this movie. It was it was in my top ten for a while. Uh, better than the writer. The writer is the one that's kind of getting all the praise right now. It is. Yeah. Uh, Lean on Pete for me, much better. Uh, Twelve, eighth grade, 
surprised that didn't make your top me too it it was in there uh 1985 and beverly lefflin are the ones that kind of fucked everything up it was black klansman in eighth grade oh and then black klansman number one um it's probably better that you showcase those two just because they're getting way less love than the rest yes and real quick one last honorable mention american animals yeah. That movie was dope. That was awesome. It, w- it ended up being my number 23, but... Hey, mine uh, too. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. That movie is pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Just couldn't find room for it. Um, it's just... It's kind of crazy how, like, it's pretty much just like a dramatization of a documentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for honorable mentions, I think. Uh Let's move on to some uh, award slash category slash discussion topics to kind of uh, round this whole thing out. Uh, you got the list over there, Travis. What uh, um, what should we start with? I'll let you take the reins on it. Performances, just like as a whole. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk uh, our favorite performances of the year. Um, I think I already kind of alluded to this, but as a whole, I think for a male, Walking Phoenix won the year female i gotta go with rachel vice in disobedience and the favorite yeah she do those two films like she killed it this year if i I had a runner-up for a third it would be rachel mcadams for her performance in game night and disobedience i think she's awesome in game night yeah she's got really good comedic timing yeah and you don't really see her in a lot of like comedic roles like that the last one is like what she was in wedding crashers i don't know what the i don't know if there was another one besides that but um okay yeah solid um for me uh ethan hawk i already said is my my favorite performance of the year overall um i love tony collette in hereditary i loved everybody in the favorite to echo what you just said also the other movies they were in fucking killed um joaquin phoenix gives one of the best performances of the year i'm trying to think Charlie's Theron and Tully. Yeah, she's she's I great. Think, she is great. I think I want Olivia Coleman to win though for best actress. for best actress. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you kind of we kind of have a lot of overlap in that regard. Like I I can't think of, um, like I, I'm look I'm think I'm looking at my list here and looking at performances who, and like shoplifters. Do you guys know who are the who's like the the favorite for best actor at this point? I hope it's not Rami Malek, having not seen the uh, film. Uh, he won the Golden Globe. Uh, it's a good performance, but he's trying to recreate something. I I think it should be... Someone might throw out an example, and I would totally change my tune, but I would say the I typically don't like... <laughs> or I don't want people to win Best Performance when they're just uh, playing like a bio. Yeah biopic role like uh gary oldman like it's cool but i don't really need to see he shouldn't have won last year should have been ddl (laughs) yeah of course it should have been it should always be ddl (laughs) mr rogers was really good um, just to throw this out here, not necessarily <laughs> Red Rogers. And, <laughs> won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> um, in like supporting roles, uh, Raphael Casal in Blind Spotting is it Casal? Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was good. Um, 
Ben Wishaw as Paddington Bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, I don't know. Like, I liked. Uh, I mean, it was super cool seeing Jamie Lee Curtis reprise Laurie Strode one last time. Uh, Elsie Fisher, shout out to her for her performance in eighth grade. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Supporting, I would give to uh, Tilda Swinton. Suspiria. And Suspiria? Hmm. Yeah, she's doing a lot of work. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like overall, I would say it's one of the weaker years for performances. For performances because one, there were a lot of ensemble casts, and two, just I don't know. No, no, like world shaking performances this year that I can point to. Honestly, Ethan Hawk and Tony Collette are probably my two favorites. You know who just continues to prove himself a total stud is Lakeith Stanfield. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get out. Sorry to bother you. Atlanta. Uh the girl with the the girl in the spider's web. Yeah. I which I, I didn't see, but can't wait to see this guy more stuff. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to mention for performances? Did you guys already talk about uh, Black Klansman? No. Uh. Uh-uh. I really liked uh, John David Washington and Adam Driver. Adam Driver's good too. I didn't even realize that you were uh, Walking Phoenix got completely snubbed from the Golden Globes. Dude, wow. he he always gets snubbed for awards. The fact that he did not win for the Master blows my mind because I think yeah. that is one of the all time. That was a good question. That would have been 2012. Did Hoffman win for supporting? No, uh, neither of them won. What the fuck? Who the fuck did P.T. Anderson win? No, the master got shit on at the during award season, which yeah, is a tragedy. Tragedy. That's why these uh, awards are just like such bullshit. They're just more frustrating than anything. A lot of the who's time, it going to be? Christian Bale. For, oh yeah, for Bradley fucking, Cooper. Like, who's good. it gonna be? <laughs> it's probably gonna be fucking Bradley Cooper. Fucking Christian Barrel. Fucking uh, what's that? <laughs> what's that other guy's name? Um, Rami Malek. Uh, probably fucking. I didn't see Green Book, but I'm sure. Who who's being like a build as the lead in Green Book? Is it Mahershala or is it no, Vigo? It's Vigo. Vigo's being billed as the lead. Yep. I didn't see the movie, but. Vigo winning an award, they'll never be upset with that. Both the performances are good, but I don't think they're best of. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Joaquin won the year. Let's move on. What else we got? Uh, let's see. Oh, let's do uh, let's do best moments of the year. There's a lot. A lot of contenders. Um, best moment of the year. It's up there for me. Disobedience. The cure scene. Oh, in the living room of that house. Scene. Oh yeah, and the sex scene too. Those are some great moments. Mm-hmm. How about Suspiria, the dance scene? Yeah, that Mother Suspirium at the end. Yeah. Well, there's the dancing. There's two. There's really two. And I like the early dance scene. You like the one where they're wearing like the the red rope mm-hmm. around their bodies? No, I like the one where she's oh uh, the mutilated girl. Oh, oh, no, that no, no, one. earlier auditioning. Actually, auditioning was good too. Uh, where she's doing the lead role for the first time in in practice, though. Yeah, isn't that when the the girl who's trapped in the room yes. gets fucking mangled? Yes. Yeah, I think my favorite though is the climax. You got that Tom York, Tom York's oh, yeah. vocals soaring over exploding heads, blood everywhere. I think Roma actually has my favorite moment of the year. Which one? The uh, the ocean when. The the title scene 
Yeah, and all the promo pictures, the the family hugging. With the sun setting in the background and her confession to the mother. It's just like, it's so much. That moment is pretty incredible. And, and it's another one of those examples where you didn't even know what you were missing, but you're missing the closure that she gets in that scene. Yes. And it's just like, just yes. thinking about it makes me tear up. That's... I, I in that movie though I would probably go with the scene earlier. Uh, yeah, devastating spoiler scene. Yeah, we don't. If people who have seen it will know what we're talking about. It involves a hospital. It was rough to watch, but uh, impeccable craft and incredibly moving. That's up there for me. How about the Shallows performance, Tom? Shallows, uh, pretty great. Um, Underwater sequence, and you in the mag- really here? No. <laughs> Yes. Um, I do love the karaoke scene in Tully, the Call Me Maybe scene. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where like her daughter's kind of struggling up there and that's kind of when she's like getting her old self back a bit. Yeah. And her husband realizes how great she is and like even like her brother and stuff commenting on it too. But I think that's a great moment. Um, The lighthouse moment in Annihilation. The bear scene. It's the bear scene for me, but lighthouse is a close second. Lighthouse rules. Joaquin Phoenix is night out, and don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten <laughs> For about a movie that. that's not on our top 10. Um, oh, dude, the dipping sauce scene in eighth grade. <laughs> oh, kills. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't remember the dipping At the yeah. end, when she's that guy who kind of had a, the weirdo that she had kind of had a crush on. Oh, yeah. They have their little date, and he's like, they're eating chicken nuggets or something, and he's got all these dipping sauces. I was just about it's like, to oh, say, no, it's cool. You can have it. Like, <laughs> I was just about to say the uh, the pool scene in eighth grade when that one song comes out. Ba, 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 ba. God, it's Perturbator. That's who it is. I was uh-uh. trying to think of it earlier. If not, you said that last time. It is. I looked it up. No. <laughs> who is it? It's either the song Varmint or the album Varmint by some. Uh... No, it's fucking. It's Perturbator, dude. No, it's not. I looked it up. I'm, I'm looking it up. I listened to it for a movie we haven't talked about yet. The shootout in Hold the Dark pretty fucking badass oh yeah i forgot <laughs> about that i still need to finish that fucking movie no the shining sequence in ready player one no what are you knowing right now hold the dark anything about it no no well, the no, shootout is a standout shootout sequence the shootout is a standout you oh, cannot that shootout dis- okay I'm it's like 10 minutes long it's fucking yeah. crazy yeah that's a good one uh Yes. This is the scene from 8th grade. No. Not the one I'm thinking of. Is it? Not the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's a different... Maybe that's what plays in the pool that scene. That played her in the pool. You're thinking of the song that plays... When she, she sees the guy. When she sees the boy. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, that was another really good musical moment from... Um, uh, from eighth grade, but I really like when she goes to the pool. That is the pool, and scene, she's yes. terrified, and she's like, "Yeah, fuck." That is a good scene. <laughs> yes, that is fantastic. Another pool scene in a bad movie: Strangers Two, Strangers Pray at Night. <gasps> that total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, that's up there for me. <laughs> I have forgotten about it. I was like, "Oh, I need to make sure I bring up that scene." <laughs> the movie is not very good, but that scene. Whew, yeah, the way it looks. The violence, the blood in the pool. Oh, my God. Good stuff. The Live Aid concert in Bohemian Rhapsody is pretty awesome. I know you guys didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't see that one. Making Marmalade, Paddington 2. Great moment. 
Oh, Ballad, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, in that first sequence uh, in the bar where <laughs> like this super graphic violence in the song he sings you know about that guy being you know dead. about that moment? What? Is someone fucking ruined that on Instagram? They posted that sequence specifically like in a clip story oh so oh so you didn't say that when we reviewed it did i you? know i didn't but when i saw the movie i already knew what was going to happen and i feel like that's such like a kind of like a surprise moment that it was mm-hmm. completely ruined i'm going through my list here and there are a ton of incredible moments but but the best one overall is... films like wait what are you about to say rama <laughs> that's your followed number one by stars born followed by the bear uh decapitation and hereditary is pretty good yeah yeah it's really good most unexpected it's fucking good. cosmic planking <laughs> gotta bring it back <laughs> cosmic planking pretty great okay we got to move on for moments there's too many good ones I yeah we're gonna yeah to we, we touched on the big ones is it time for awards yet or do we have uh i think so which award do we want to start off with biggest disappointment sure for me, Creed 2 is my biggest disappointment. Oh, shit. Also, not that I had super high expectations for it, but for a Star Wars movie, Solo was Garbo. Uh, sure, for a Star Wars movie, I guess. But... And also, Bad Times at El Royale, I feel like, had potential to be one of my favorite movies, and it was like middle of the pack out of 177 movies so pretty disappointing <laughs> i liked i did i did catch up with that movie and i did like it but yeah underwhelming i'm not gonna say most disappointing but yeah underwhelming for sure um deadpool 2 we fucking hated oh, deadpool yeah. 2 was... and i i liked the first one i like the first one all right i have a uh, deadpool 2 in a, a different category oh shit <laughs> one of our more uh, aptly titled category. <laughs> um, Vice. Did either of you guys see Vice? No. I did not, based off your scathing <laughs> recommendation. I, I mean, you guys know I fucking love the big short. Uh, I was pretty disappointed. Vice might be my number one, I think. Yeah, that, that sounds right. I was super bummed. And, I mean, we, we just touched on it, but the strangers pray at night. I I love the first Strangers. Same, uh, and I do think there are admirable qualities of the sequel, but overall, the acting in that just the performances are so bad. It's bad. It's like campy, it's like bad. B movie. Not that they're bad. good in the first one, but like you think some of the performances in Mandy are bad. <laughs> strangers Pray at Night has, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> so um, my yeah, disappointing. Um. Yeah, I'll put this one in. I wasn't crazy optimistic about it, but the Predator just really did me wrong. Like they mm. fucked that up. And um, that's a good one. Uh, relatively, Isle of Dogs was a big disappointment. Yeah, it's still a fine movie. Like I would rewatch it. I'd probably like it a lot if I rewatched it. But you know, Wes Anderson is a five star god, and this was a four star <laughs> movie. So this was a three and a half star movie for me. Right. Yes. But my most disappointing. I just watched last night. If Beale Street could talk. Mm. Oh yeah, we yeah. It didn't come we up. Had I, that pegged as your number two of the year. Yeah, we thought it was gonna be Roma Beale Street. Watch. So talk about that a little bit. What what was it about it? Because I was slightly disappointed, but I did still think it was quite good. I thought it was really boring. Uh, I don't think it has any of the energy or the momentum or the like gravitas magic that Moonlight had. 
and it doesn't have any real standout performances or moments. So I, I was alluding to this earlier, but the female lead is a subdued performance, but not in the way that like uh, the woman from Roma is subdued, right? Like there's just nothing behind that. And there was a lot of stuff that worked in Moonlight, like prolonged shots of an individual or something that just, so there's a scene, for example, where the mother in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk the, uh, the girl's mother is putting on a wig and then she takes it off and you can tell you're supposed to be feeling something or taking something away from it. But I was just bored. I was just like, you haven't earned this scene. I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. It's like, you look good either way. Like, what is this? What are you doing here? Yeah. Like, what, like I was thinking, is she going to her natural hair or is she just overwhelmed? Or I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be taking away. Um, and then... It has a rhythm to it that could have been really powerful. And again, it was sort of like a literary kind of feeling. But uh, I was just bored. I was just waiting for the movie to end. It goes like narration, either current day or flashback, and then opposite. And then uh, something happens and then back to narration. And then it just this, this, it has this wheel turning the whole time. But you could have told that story in 45 minutes. Like, yeah, I was really bored. It's beautiful. It's a nice story. It's not a bad movie, but like compared to Moonlight, it's just so far from what I wanted. I thought like based on the trailer, I was like thinking this could be a number one contender and it just, it just wasn't. I mean, it, it yeah. barely squeezed onto my top 20. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. Performances were good. Um, I like the way it looked too. But it did kind of meander. And I, I like the whole idea of, like, they say it at the start of the movie, like, you know, everyone lives on Beale Street. And this is, like, so many black people's experience. Right. Um, and I, I like the ending of it, too. But it wasn't as, like, impactful as I wanted it to be. And, yeah, I just kind of felt like something was missing the whole time. It had it had its moments. Like, there's a scene in particular I think of where the uh, the father... It's the second time that she visits him in, in prison and he loses his temper a little bit. And then the sound, all the background noise cuts out. And it's just him talking about like, do you know what's happening to me in here? You know? Yeah. And that was pretty uh, <clears throat> affecting. But like Moonlight, I mean, think about the scene between the adult son, adult uh, Chiron and, and his, his mother. mother. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Wow. Emotionally, nothing even comes close no, to touching what Moonlight that scene was just doing. takes your heart out, throws it on the ground, stomps on it a few times, <laughs> and then, like, a virgin cries on it. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted from Beale Street. I was exactly. just expecting this, like, super heart-wrenching, beautiful romance, and I, I didn't get that. It was, it was a beautiful romance, I guess, but yeah. I wasn't as moved by it as I thought I would be. And the villains are... Too over the top. They're too cartoony. Yeah. Like, the mother, the cop. You, you could say the same. A, exactly. Uh, Those are the two Detroit I'm thinking vibe. of. And, <laughs> yeah, Detroit. Exactly. Like, it's just too much. It's just like, you know, like white devil kind of thing. Not to say that those people don't exist, but that's all you get of that character. And this movie largely is about subtlety. 
and that character is not. Yeah. From the moment he steps onto the sc- like into the screen, like you're like, this guy's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. I hate this guy. It's just there's nothing there. Like you said, he's just white devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good time. Um, uh, shout out. This is actually Chelsea's favorite movie of the year. Beale Street is. Yeah. Mm. I think for the reasons that we're praising it, but I think she just really liked the like close-up shots mm-hmm. of the characters and just like how everything kind of fades in the background. And it's just like, it's an intimate movie. Yeah. It's very intimate. Um, but yeah, she said of all the movies, that's the one that she's picking as the top. Has she seen Moonlight? She has, but we're talking think? about best of 2018. Just curious what right. she thought. No, 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 She likes Moonlight a lot. So, uh, while we're on the topic, Haley, uh, did like a top, like a top 10 and she sent it to me. Um, so I'll, I'll just read it real quick. Uh, her number 10 was black Klansman. Number nine was Tully. Number eight, <laughs> Mary Poppins returns. Seven was Dumplin. Did either of you guys see Dumplin? No. Did not. It was a Netflix movie. Um, you saw it, right? I did. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but she, she read the book. Um, so I think she, she had an attachment to it that I necessarily didn't necessarily have. Uh, number six, mining the gap. Five, Hereditary. Four, Star is Born. Oh, yeah. Three, Shoplifters. Two, The Hate You Give, which nobody has talked about. I think you're the only one who saw it, Travis. Yeah, good movie. Um, I was kind of skeptical going into it. It looked like it was going to be way too heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely solid. That was her number two, and then her number one, Tom, Roma. She's Whoa, right there. Haley. She's right there with you. Good job, Haley. That was Sarah's number one, right? Yeah. Roma. I uh, got a couple other submissions here. Um, oh. So just a couple. Andrew Chaplin, one-time guest. Um, he gave the caveat that he has not seen very many movies okay. this year. He's a parent, right? Because of his stupid baby. <laughs> uh, his number one was the favorite. His number two is Sorry to Bother You. And number three, he wrote minus 100 everything else. Nice. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Actually, the first thing he wrote was the only thing I have to say about this year was that Sorry to Bother You is better than Black Landsman, <laughs> which nice. has been an ongoing argument. Yeah, we, we had an argument about that. Uh, Zach <laughs> wrote... Okay, so he, he wrote... Okay, what is McQueen? Steve McQueen. Oh, wait. Movie? No, it's a documentary about the artist or he's an artist or like a a clothing designer of some sort. Sorry, I have the trailer up right now. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Oh. Okay, well, that was his number one of the year. McQueen? Interesting. McQueen, Sorry to Bother You, and A Quiet Place are his top three. Oh, what is... All right, Zach, I'm watching McQueen this week for yeah. you. Yeah. Some cool guy picks right there. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys want to move on to the awards that we're going to be given? I need to pee really bad. You got to pee. Yeah. All right, let's take one last break, and then we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> okay. wrap this thing up. We'll we'll be right back.
All right, and we are back. Uh, before we go, we got a couple awards that we're going to be giving out. Uh, Travis, you got the list. You pick which one we start with. Do we have a score? These awards? I'm we just do. going down the, the list. Best the score? Steves? Oh, we're doing... Why, no, why wasn't that part of... award title, like the Oscars. Are they the DJ Steves? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we don't have a catchy name for our award ceremony. Why didn't we talk about best score before? I thought we were getting to like the... Oh, the personal Well, awards? we can just do best score. I mean... Best synesthesia. <laughs> for score? I mean, I know you're going to say Mandy, but... Mandy, for sure. There really wasn't that much for me that I, I loved. You were never really here. It was great. Yeah, it is great. Nothing that I feel the need to... Great. Nothing that I feel the need to listen to outside the context of the mm. movie, though. Listen to Mandy. I do want to. On your way I, I to the music was pretty incredible. <laughs> I don't think Mandy has the best score of the year, but I don't have an alternative, so I will allow it. <laughs> Are we? Black so, Klansman had an amazing soundtrack. Are we distinguishing the two? Hmm. Music in Black Klansman is exceptional. They're completely different. As is A Star Is Born. Yeah. So I would also you, like to how you gonna compare point those? out uh, Skate Kitchen has a great soundtrack. Yeah, it does. Use of music. I didn't love the movie. It's not original music, but it's... Yeah, curated soundtrack. Yeah. So sure. maybe we should just do best original music. It's got to be Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> if it's best original music, it's got to be a Star Wars porn. Uh, okay, fine. Right? Like, I guess... <laughs> we should have defined that category better. Starsborn wins. Next. <laughs> best performance. We just did that. Uh, we're not crowning a best performance of the- like a consensus pick? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know who would it be? It's Ethan Hawke for me. This is male or female? Yeah, just best performance of the year. Just uh it's um the queen. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. That's what that's my pick. So, 2 to 1. Yeah. I get, yeah. All right. Sorry, Ethan. You were great. Yeah. You really were. Are we doing most overrated or no? Nah. Uh, hot dog garbage award. Yes. This, this is, is OG award. <laughs> yes. So these are Cinephiles Digest Originals. The hot dog <laughs> garbage award, for those who are not familiar with the podcast, Good is God. essentially the worst movie of the year, right? Yes. The most garbage movie of the year as just well? Just the worst. Yeah, just garbage. Just shitty. Just, just hot dog garbage. Do not see. When you think of hot dog movies. garbage, what is the movie that comes to mind? Well, I have my, my I have suggestions. A, I have three. My, <laughs> my official worst movie of the year is Bird Box. It's definitely down there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have Bird Box, Deadpool 2, and... A wrinkle in my butthole. Oh, yeah. You're the only <laughs> one who saw that. Uh, I have Venom mm. and um, <laughs> Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox is down there for me. But, well. Yeah, that was bad. We, uh, it wasn't as bad as Venom, which was unwatchable. No, Venom is at least entertaining. Paradox no, is not. It's not. It is. Tom Hardy rules. <laughs> Okay. Well, so is this between Bird Box and Deadpool? No way. What? What are I you saying? So. I didn't see Venom, and he doesn't agree with you. On I didn't Venom. see Bird Box and Deadpool. I didn't think was that bad. 
You, I say bird box. Yeah, Tom, you don't you it's, you it's, pride yourself on not on like sifting through the trash and only watching Cloverfield the good shit. Paradox. We all agree it was shit. It is, but Bird Box and Deadpool are worse. Yeah. Okay, then Bird go Box, box cuz I don't think Deadpool was as bad as You did you did see Deadpool any too. Any of the other ones? Yeah, that okay. we listed. That's Bird not Box, me. AKA Turd Box is officially at the bottom of my list currently. Yeah, me too. It's the at the bottom, bottom of both of our lists. Yeah. It I has like, to be. Yeah. All right. The inaugural consensus. The inaugural winner of the Hot Dog Garbage Award, Bird Box. Arguably one of the more popular movies of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's annoying to have to pick some Netflix piece of shit for. Um, Worst movie. Yeah, but everyone's loving this. Paradox thing. is a Netflix piece of shit, too. <laughs> Good point. It's got, it's got Sandra Bullock in it. It's got John Malkovich. Like, star studded cast. Yeah. Okay. Bad. Fine. The Cream Dream Supreme Ward Award. This is, so we decided this is the most visually stunning film of the year, right? Yeah. Well, what do we want to nominate? I got to go with Mandy. All right. Because it's my number one and it's a feast. I'm going to nominate Suspiria. Thine eyes. I will nominate, um, since Suspiria is taken, I will nominate Mission Impossible. I think Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation's on my list. Roma's on my list. Roma, Roma. for sure, needs to be in this conversation. I don't think it should deserve the award, but I think... It's not showy enough to be cream deemed... Cream Dream Supreme. No. Skate Kitchen deserves at least a plug on this podcast. It should be watched, and it's on Hulu. Sure. So what are we talking here? Are we talking Roma versus Suspiria versus... Oh, Into the Spider-Verse, I think, is up there. Yeah. Not my personal favorite, but that's a pretty visually stunning film. But it is animated. That's true. I mean, I think there's an argument for Mission Impossible. I think so. Visually stunning, though, it's more like exciting. The action sequences are incredible, but Beyond the way that. it looks, it looks good. But I mean, it's a pretty standard like action action thriller. Yeah, you're look. more just admiring the way it looks because Tom Cruise is doing just fucking insane shit. Less the craft or the style. I well, guess. Well, then I would give it a Suspiria. It's Suspiria for me too. Well, what, what would be your number one, Travis? Mandy. It would Which be Mandy. Is my Suspiria. So. Man, Mandy is is. I'll give Mandy. We'll do that. Suspiria parentheses. Honorable Mandy. mention, Mandy. <laughs> I think instead of watching Mandy, I would just watch those uh, music videos that P.T. Anderson directed for for that one singer. Uh, not Fiona. Fiona Apple. No. Uh, God damn it! What is her name? I don't know. I have her album. Over it's not there. Regina Spector. No. It's. Uh, that's silly. Harp, Harp Girl. Yeah. Harper Lee. She's married to Andy Samberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. What the fuck is She's her right name? there on the end. Far end, Travis. This yellow one? No, far end. Oh, the other end? Yeah, the one that's far from you. Not Grizzly Bear? No. Keep looking. D'Angelo in the Vanguard? No. Black Messiah? Joanna Newsom. Joanna Newsom. Thank you. Her. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Suspiria, yeah. the Cream Dream Supreme Award. Sure, that works. What are we doing now? Literal roller coaster. Best reveal. Uh, best reveal of the year. I'm going Tully. Tully and Tully. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's Tully. There's uh, I don't know. I'm if going this is... Hereditary. 
that the main there's a lot of reveals paymon <laughs> paymon green that one's pretty good <laughs> payman Pay um, i mean it's not my favorite but uh liam neeson and widows mm. yeah simple favorite. not my favorite but all of them the simple favor was it's a lot of reveals of there's a lot of reveals in a simple favor hmm I don't know. I'm kind of leaning toward uh, what was what did you say at the top, Travis? The first one you said. Totally. Yeah, that's the one that caught me most by surprise. Oh yeah. Most of these other ones I could kind of see come in. I was blindsided by that. I yeah, I was also blindsided in the gap reveal where you realize no. what no. the filmmakers don't, don't. Uh, no. say anything. That's really. not the same. That's not the same. <laughs> Hereditary. That's your vote? Yeah, you have to be the, the deciding factor here. Tolly does not have the best reveal of the year. It does. It's not my favorite reveal, but it's I think it's the best in that it caught me the most off guard. All right, fine. Let's Tolly. Best reveal of the year. I like it. Do we the, just have the roller coaster award? Is that literally it? Literally a roller coaster award. Stars born. How are we defining this? Um it's got it ups. You, it's got downs. Yeah, it made you feel the most wide array of emotions. I okay. Or I thought it was more like a like a the plot just like it's all you're all you feel like you're on a roller coaster because there's just so much crazy shit happening. Stars born. That's how I interpreted it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we've I think this originated during Dunkirk. A Star is Born is when I called, literally a roller coaster. <laughs> that's the first one on my list is A Star is Born. Yeah, you have the rise and fall. But I, I mean, at least for me, to A Star is Born's detriment is that it's a it's a very traditional plot. Uh, like kind of if formulaic. you if you track it, yeah, the formula. You have the Dark Knight of the Soul moment. You have the emotional climax of the film. We you already have the talked rise. about why that makes the movie so good. Yeah, no one makes movies that's like debatable. That I mean, no one makes movies like that. They don't that. do it. I don't know about that. I have Leave No Trace, Tully, and Paddington Two on the list. Whoa. Definitely not Paddington Two. What about Eighth Grade? Uh, her experience. No Star is born. Uh, that's for her. <laughs> I don't think it has nearly the gravitas that a Star is Born has. First Man? No. No. Disobedience? No. No. God damn it. Because if we would have gave this award out last year, we would have given it to The Last Jedi, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, I feel like A Star is Born is yeah. apt. All right. Give it its due. Yeah, fine. The, the literally... Uh, yeah, sure. If we're going <laughs> to give that movie credit, it's for <laughs> the literally a roller coaster award. <laughs> <laughs> take it man that's pretty much it i mean besides we went through best moments we went through best performances is there any other categories you guys can think of no i think that's it i mean a lot of them would be pretty obvious like best horror movie it's gotta be hereditary hesperia is sure is a horror movie but not in the same not in the same way right? oh surprise mandy is somewhat in the horror realm but, but in the same way not yeah. not a straightforward horror film are we gonna do a, like a best surprise category a quiet place though i would you're I the like, only one who's, i like that more than hereditary you're the only one who's that high on that movie biggest surprise i mean nah let's what about it. one movie that you want oh to remember yeah what were we gonna call this the echo the echoes in eternity award yeah 
So this is, it can't be in your top 10, but this is the movie that you want to champion, that you want everybody to watch. Oh, I didn't know. It is that fair? Top 10. Yeah, that works. Can, can it be in the top 10? I mean, we already gave those movies their due. Like, I don't know. I think it's just one movie like 10 years down the road. You don't want it to necessarily be forgotten. I have. Uh, Little Children is a good example. <laughs> 2006 film that uh, Matt refuses to watch. Yeah. Let him borrow Cobra. I got it. I got it. Dude, it's been like two years almost at this point. I, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. God, I can't believe I didn't nominate Crazy Rich Asians for Hot Dog Garbage. Yeah, you really did not like that movie. It wouldn't have won, but... Well, you're retroactively nominating it for the award. Two stars. <laughs> uh, for me, for the Echoes and Attorney Award, I gotta go with Thoroughbreds. Yeah, that's a good I pick. fucking love that movie. No one was talking about it now. Uh, I can't wait to revisit that it was one. It in my top 30. It was in my top... Out of 180, that's Yeah, good. it was like <laughs> 21 or 22 or something for me. That movie is dope. Did you ever finish Happy as... Lazaro no, no I watched the first 10 minutes mm. and that was it it was good um that might be one or um honestly I want to give a shout out to peppermint you're gonna take this opportunity yeah <laughs> better than I expected but I had the the lowest of expectations Jennifer Garner has a badass <laughs> yeah but we knew that from alias <laughs> I never saw it. Tom, you got anything you want to throw out there? I don't have a great nominee for this category outside my top 10. I think... You can pick a specific one in your top 10 that you want to highlight if if nothing else is jumping out to you. I think I will say... Disobedience. That I was going to do that, if not Thoroughbreds. It, it's, it's disobedience. I think I will say... Not that I am a personal champion of this movie, but it just feels like a 10 years down the road type of movie is sorry to bother you. I think people yeah. will look back at the. I, I think there's going to be a long lasting fan base for this movie. It, it has all the makings of a cult film and it's uh, unique. And I really liked it, even though it wasn't a perfect movie for, for me. But uh, a lot of people who I've talked to are crazy about it so um real quick a performance that i liked that we did not mention was Edie falco and outside in i, I didn't see outside in. yeah you did i thought you did i started it i didn't oh. finish that's the one with uh uh jay duplass yeah i didn't finish I it you finished it no oh i had totally forgotten about that movie i watched it like within the last month but her performance was probably the what stood out the most? Yeah, I, mean, I should. I, I should. I was enjoying it. I, I don't remember why I turned it off, but it's solid. I yeah. I just think her performance is probably the standout of that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, should we call it there? Anything else 2018 related you guys want to bring up before we pack it up? Hmm. Are you excited about anything in 2019? I haven't. I've been so caught up in catching up with 2018 that I really haven't looked at what's Same. what's coming. Um, once upon Once upon a time in Hollywood, I think is supposed to come out. The Irishman, the new Scorsese film, new that James Gray movie. Yep. Yeah, is it oh, episode nine? I think so. I think that's slated for a December oh, release, and, yeah. and then also High Life. High Life looks great. It's like a space horror thriller with Robert Pattinson. 
Uh, Aladdin and the Lion King, guys. <laughs> mm. I'm more sold on the, the Lion King than Aladdin. I'm more interested in Aladdin, for sure, than Lion King. Just really? because Guy Ritchie is doing Aladdin. Oh. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Yeah, Guy Ritchie is directing Toy Story Aladdin. 4. Is Favreau <gasps> doing... Yeah, Toy Story 4. Is Favreau doing Lion King? I don't know. What Fucking jobber. Disney jobber. <laughs> the Disney jobber. Did you guys just say something about Once, a time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, it's a new yeah. Tarantino film. Oh, it's Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if it comes out this year, it's going to be huge. It's like loosely based on Charles Manson. You know what movie I'm not looking forward to seeing and I really am tired of seeing everywhere? A Dog's Way Home? No. <laughs> a dog. Glass. Oh. I don't care. Oh, we're going to review excited. that shit. That's, yeah, our, ne- that's our next one. Yeah, but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> Is Endgame this year? Yeah, that's dude. That's in a couple months from now. That's uh, I think that's in May, early oh May. Oh my release. god, John Wick three Parabellum. That's the one most anticipated. John Wick <laughs> most three. Most anticipated. <laughs> yeah, John Wick three. It's gonna be huge. It is gonna be huge. You uh, saw that picture of him in the city streets riding a horse. Yes, oh, I yeah. just lost all sensitivity in my feet and hands. This is it. <laughs> Shut it down. John Wick three, most anticipated of all time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, Uncut Gems might come out in 2019. What was that? The new Safety Brothers. Oh movie. yeah, you get a hard on for the Safties. Adam Sandler's the main. Lead. Oh yeah, there's going to be, be a huge. new movie called What Men Want. It's a comedy. Oh, that looks yeah, like Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Future 2019 hot dog garbage nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Early prediction for the the hot dog garbage of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, that trailer looks so bad. It does. Oh my god. Oh, Alita Battle Angel. I don't know why. Mm. I'm just excited. I'm intrigued by it. Although, going back to what men want, that joke about how th- her assistant says, I thought black people stopped drinking tea after Get Out. Oh, pretty good. That's a pretty good line. <laughs> pretty That's a good line. <laughs> oh, us. Duh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Dumbo. Live action Dumbo. What is happening? Someone. Oh, Tim Talk Burton. Talk about trends. Disney's Tim cashing Burton's out. Dumbo. You didn't it stars hear? Colin Farrell, Eva Green, Michael Keaton, and Danny DeVito. Fuck yes. Danny DeVito as Dumbo. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. How funny would that be? Tyler just texts me when you record in your pod. Oh, too late. <laughs> too little, too late. So we're wrapping up right now. The curse of up. La Llorona. Let's see if he has it. This is a live number one. Yeah. Is he, is it, can you see the typing? Is he typing? Let's see it. You got you to gotta type. Say fire away because we're wrapping up as we speak. We'll buy him a little bit of time. Uh, that La Llorona movie, that looks kind of cool. The trailer's pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty that car impressed scene, with the trailer. That car scene's pretty good. Um, PTA, I don't think, has anything coming. Mm. Nolan has nothing coming. Oh, uh, Dune. Is that going to be 2019? Oh, I don't I know. Seen anything about it. If it is. I feel like I'm awaiting a, a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. The, the number I, one pick. I feel like his number one's going to be Tully, though. It Chapter Two. Oh, yeah. You got Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James McAvoy. That's going to be huge. Joker. Oh, yeah. The Todd Phillips, Ooh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. It's yeah. going to suck. That movie is going to be horrible. It's Todd Phillips. going to be as bad as Charlie's Angels. Todd Phillips is a hack. I don't know. He's a hack. Well, come on. He's a hack. Charlie's Angels. Comedic genius. Wait, what? Charlie's Angels? Reboot. Elizabeth Banks. Is she one of the... She's oh, is she director. directing it? Starring oh. Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o and rumored Kristen Stewart. Oh, well, I don't know about Elizabeth Banks at the helm, but I like Lupita. Kingsman 3. Yikes. 
Oh, I didn't even realize. Jumanji 2, hell yes. Yeah, you're hot on that. Gross. <laughs> is there another Pixar movie besides Toy Story 4 that's slated for 2019? Or is that the only one? They I'm probably had all hands assuming. on deck for that's up, Toy Story 4. That's up there for me. Yeah. I fucking love Toy Story Going movies. back to the wall one more time. All right, well, is he typing? Because uh, we're stretching this out a bit here, so... Um, Might just have to say too little too late Or is he typing He's typing Okay well we'll give him a second He might be trying to do like all of his thoughts Tell him he has four seconds <laughs> Live text Three send Two send Okay give him three dot dot Two dot dot Oh here we go Here we go <laughs> My brother's number one film of the year Is Blind Spotting Boom oh. And he's just turned off my mic sorry about that <laughs> so he says it's a movie i felt dealt with its subject matter with grace by having two outstanding leads in Raphael casal and davi diggs it was funny sad and and ended about as perfect as it could have Boom. cool solid solid i bit. agree with those sentiments top five worthy i didn't like and he said he much. just saw spider-man and it rocked Oh, he just caught up with Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Verse is Probably awesome. not a number two for him, but yeah. he just wanted to give a little shout out. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm glad he submitted. Yes. Last minute submission. <laughs> cool. Thanks for closing it out, Ty. Yep. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> we love you. All right. That's going to do it, I think. Right, boys? Yep. That's it. It's in Another the year. Put a cap on it. That's God. the end of year two. So much stress it's caused me in the last month trying to figure this shit Cram out. Cram all this shit. <laughs> God. Now we're starting 2019. This is the start of year three of our podcast. I'm trying to build a home and I'm trying to fucking build the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We're going to do Glass and uh, Destroyer, maybe, if it opens here. Uh, oh, yeah. Cold War does open. I made a joke that I wanted to reserve a spot on my top 10 for destroyer destroyer I am, i'm bummed we didn't get a chance to see Dude, that trailer <laughs> oh shit um so yeah oh interesting parallel our very first episode was best of 2016 second episode was split now the beginning of year three started with best of 2018 second episode of year three class yep and if you all remember Episode two is the one that we had to re-record, so Tom was not on that episode. We did record with Tom, but uh, did not make the. I can't remember what happened with the recording, but it was not. It was fucked. I think you used your laptop audio. Yes, that's what it was instead of our mics, and it was. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have a couple things uh, ready for you guys on the next episode, but starting year three. Hopefully bigger and better than any of the previous years. We're on the up and up. I want to thank everyone who's been listening since the beginning. All of our new listeners who have stuck with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, end of a year, beginning of another. We will see what 2019 has in store. Hopefully some good movies. I sure hope so. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you, everybody. We will be back. Bye. You look at me, babe, I want to catch on fire It's buried in my soul Like California gold You found the light in me that I couldn't